on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will do their best to not throw in the towel on this thing thanks to IG nuking their account like Luke did to the Death Star. Fear not, though. Matt is done throwing up from grief, so the riff on Ahsoka's Inquisitor, who has a name now, Star Wars Outlaw Scope, and massive amounts of Jedi being in the Acolyte. They'll also talk some business in regards to Bob Iger's comments on cutting back on content and an update on the soon-to-be-canceled, because of Bob, the Young Lando series. Of course, the show will end with the Question of the Week segment, and probably not the latest round of featured Star Wars artists due to the old account getting nuked. Punch a Chewy. Hey now, ah, uh, Fuck! Is this thing on? Yes. Maybe. No. Simon says, punch your face. All right, everybody, welcome. Ah, what a day! What a day to be a part of the Star Wars Time Show. <sighs> I'm sorry, people. I'm trying. I am trying to get that piss and vinegar that you all show up for Tuesday evenings right here on YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show 5P East. I'm trying, but it's uh, it's been kind of a gut punch type of day. Uh, if, if you follow me on Instagram at Haywood Pop or if you're in our Discord, which um, I, w- I usually would say, hey, go to at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. You can join our Discord. It's open. We don't have paywalls and all that shit, but um, yeah, that's gone. So our Instagram presence was removed today for... An unknown reason outside of the generic community guidelines violation. Uh, So I woke up like I always do, getting ready to check out the Star Wars Time Show hashtag, seeing who tagged the account over the past 24 hours to share some Star Wars art with our followers. And I get a message, the account has been suspended and I need to log in and verify my identity to complete the appeals process. And it was suspended for community guidelines, but no specific guidelines were provided. No specific post. I don't know if it was music I used. I didn't know if it was featuring accounts. I don't know if it was resharing stuff from Lucasfilm. Who the fuck knows? All I know, the account was suspended. I log in to appeal. Get the notice. Hey, within 24 hours, we'll let you know if you can have your account back. And within five fucking minutes, I get the ban hammer. Hey, we reviewed your account, and by we, they mean some fucking artificial intelligence algorithm with some human's bullshit implicit biases baked into it, reviewed your account, and we decided after five minutes that it's still in violation of the community guideline that we are not going to tell you you violated and how you violated it. Your account has been permanently disabled. You have no more recourse. You cannot appeal this review any further. So here we go. It's dead. 
fucking Star Wars time show is fucking dead. Five years. Five years of this guy right here. This happy asshole. Yes, I love Star Wars. This guy wearing the shirt with himself on it. It's as meta as it gets. I'm inceptioning myself tonight on the cast. Booted. For who the fuck knows what. <laughs> Five years of work. Alright? Every day. On that fucking account. <sighs> I can't, like, I can't even get into it. Like, I'm, I'm getting emotional right now. I can feel it. And not the kind of emotions I want to broadcast on, on a live stream. Uh, it's tough. It, um, it's tough. Uh. Sorry, like I said. Woo, come on! You're a man! You're a man, goddammit! Uh, okay. I'm gonna try. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying! I gotta fight through these fucking tears! Five years! <laughs> I feel like such a slap dick right now. <sighs> you know, I, I know this, this obviously isn't good for the podcast version of this week's show. Lots of dead air, dead air Dave calling dead air Dave. <laughs> Help me out. Not a good day to not have Nick. Um, <laughs> Nick didn't cancel me. He, he actually had a planned meeting. <sighs> Damn it. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. Ah, dude, this is embarrassing. I'm sorry. Ah, it's just a lot of work, man. A lot of work. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be able to recover. Jesus, <laughs> I did better today. It's getting on the show and seeing you guys. It's like, fuck. <sighs> it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. <sighs> Sorry. It's terrible. Terrible broadcast. We should be canceled. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. This, this stuff just means a lot to me. And it's like, fuck. 
Just tell me what I did wrong, alright? Give me my shit back. It just, it's, it's the lost effort that kills me. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. Men don't cry, especially manly men like myself. That's right. That's right. No, I have not seen Mission Impossible, but I am going tomorrow. I would, I would love to be talking about Mission Impossible right now, because uh, the wife and I, we, we just did a rewatch, and and I will say, I, I love the Mission Impossible franchise. I, um, I really do. And, and you can say whatever you want about Tom Cruise. All right, uh, the Scientology stuff definitely a little odd. But the dude is a is a fucking genius when it comes to action movies, the role of Ethan Hunt. I mean, really, I, I watch anything Tom Cruise puts out. I just he's he's like an uncanny human to me. He doesn't seem to age. Whatever the fuck's going on at Scientology seems to work. You know, maybe I need a little of that in my life right now. Pray to whatever. What's his name? Hubbard or some fucking scientist guy. But no, I have not seen the, the, the final Mission Impossible. But what, what I was going to say, I, I got to get this shit back on track. I'm sorry, people. That was a, um, that was a rough fucking opening, all right? Um, it, it's, it, it's uh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to do that. I, I know other men don't like seeing a, a man cry. I don't like doing it. It is what it is. Uh, but it, it's you motherfuckers. Like, the, the outpouring of support I've gotten, that, that's what gets me. So, thanks. <sighs> All right, back to Tom Cruise. Uh, my point is with Mission Impossible, if you ever feel the need to do a rewatch, uh, you can probably skip Mission Impossible 1 and 2 at this point in time. I mean, they're, they're so old. They're kind of disconnected from the more modern Mission Impossibles that, that I say kind of started taking place after J.J. and Bad Robot took over with Mission Impossible 3. Um... But one and two, I mean, one, sure, it's classic, doesn't quite hold up from the technology standpoint. I think it came out in 96, 97. Uh, Mission Impossible 2 is just completely fucking <laughs> bonkers. I mean, it's I, I think it's John Woo that does it. So it's very uh, gun fu action oriented, but it, it, it's kind of a wonky plot. But once we get to MI3 and then Ethan gets mixed up with, with, with Julia, and I think that's when Benji gets introduced, Simon Pegg, uh, it, gets, it gets pretty damn good. And, and it only gets better in the you know Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, whatever the fuck one was Superman that, that you know, uh, came out before this new one that, that's, that released last week. Those are all great. Those are worth rewatching, um, especially I, I'd say Ghost Protocol on because that's where they kind of carry the same characters through, especially in, in Rogue with Ilsa Faust, who, my God, is Rebecca Ferguson, one of the most sexy motherfuckers on the planet when she's in that yellow silk dress at the uh, at that theater going to assassinate the Austrian chancellor. Just beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff, and yeah, I'm excited to go see it. I'll be checking it out tomorrow, and it's going to be cool because Stunt Buddy's coming to town, the guy I've talked about on this show before, and I haven't seen him since 2019, so that should be fun. Uh, maybe I will reclaim my testicles from him 
after today's little wah, wah, someone took my Star Wars Instagram away, wah, <laughs> see, I rebounded, I, I knew I had to kind of get that out of me, the, the way I've been dealing with the loss of IG today is, I don't know how you guys handle a gut punch, but, you know, obviously the initial email, I, I felt my, you know, where you, you feel your, your heart sink into your stomach, and then the rejection, I was like, fuck, and I think after that, my, ba my brain just went into, like, protection mode, and more or less became numb, uh, but when my wife came home and started talking about it, I, I could feel the emotions bubbling a little bit. And I'm like, you know, let's just stop. And sure, shit, I get on here and start blubbering like a like a baby. But you know what? Fuck it. Who could? I'm not gonna put into that stigma. If you want to cry and you have a dick and balls, go for it. I'm tired of feeling bad for getting emotional as a man, and even my own little daughter fucking cuts me down for it. So, fuck it. I'm an enlightened. Human male motherfuckers, call me woke. I cry. So what? <laughs> See, now I'm laughing. Maybe I truly am bipolar. You never know. I, I've been wanting to get that shit checked out. So yeah, am I am I uh, impossible seven? Believe it or not, seven part one. I'll be I'll be seeing this week for sure. And uh, like I said, Nick will be joining us here. He had a meeting. Uh, I'm expecting him to call in anytime now. Uh, but yeah, just, just a weird day. So, um, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine like if I wonder tomorrow when I put this out on, on the podcast platforms, which, Hey, if you listen on the podcast platforms and you haven't done it yet, please give us a rating and review. As I said in the intro, I truly am a Tinkerbell. Like I am a human that I just need to be told I'm, I'm doing okay. And people like me. I don't know what that comes from. I'm sure it's some deep-rooted shit with my father and, and his lack of uh, encouragement, support throughout my life. But I just need to feel like, hey, the, the effort I put out is appreciated. So kind of having my megaphone lit on fire and smashed in front of my face via the old IG Star Wars time show was uh, not the best way to start the day. But hey, we've got a new account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, IG, <laughs> fucking threads. It's probably threads that got our ass fucking thrown off. What a fucking waste. Like lemmings, we all jumped over there and that platform's already dead. I should have known better. I got, I got mixed up in the craze. But you all know threads is bullshit. It's already lost half its fucking engagement. And it, it could be one of the reasons why we got tossed. That's the thing, like... You know, Trevor hit me up. He's like, nothing, like no detail. I'm like, dude, no details, not a post, no specifics. So I don't even know what we did wrong. So on the new account, which is horrifically named Star Wars Time dot show, as in period show, that fucking bullshit. I should have just done star underscore wars underscore time underscore show underscore underscore go fuck your mom. But that's the account. Um, I, I really don't think we're getting the old one back. Uh, Nick actually got a hold of a live human, and they're like, yeah, your only recourse is to try to appeal again in 30 days, which means it's just going to go back to the same AI algorithm. It's going to see like one period off, which violates a community guideline. It'll get auto-rejected. So there is a new account, Star Wars Time show. 
but the but the whole featuring thing is is going to fundamentally change. Um, I I know we were kind of like this this pillar in the community, especially for Star Wars photography, toy photography. And we, we did help some people get exposed early on and launch them into larger accounts. That's just probably not going to be a thing anymore, sadly. And uh, that bums me out. I, I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to mind missing that hour's worth of work every morning to go through the, the, the tags and the features and then, uh, you, you know, download the images and post it back to our account so they show up on the profile. Uh, I just don't know. Like, I would love to feature, but I don't know why our account got banned. And the only thing I can think of, it was uh, featuring some asshole reported us or uh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't fucking know. I mean, if you look on Instagram at some of the massive Star Wars fan accounts, all they do is steal content from other platforms, including Instagram, and share it as their own. They don't remix it. They don't add anything to it. I mean, just look. I mean, Star Wars Sis, I mean, half of you follow them because I was following them too. Star Wars Sis, Star Wars Daily, all these motherfuckers out there, all they do is grab shit from TikTok that's viral and they repost it. So what the hell were we doing different? That's the thing. It's just like, it's so mysterious. I don't know what I did to piss off Zuck. So the, the featuring will change. We, we still want you to use the hashtag and want you to tag us so we can see your content. Um, but features are probably going to be stories only. And then in terms of the top five, we'll probably still do that on Mondays, post it to StarWarsTime.net, and then you're just going to have to come to the show to see what happens or go to StarWarsTime.net to see who Nick chose every Monday from all the hashtags and, and tag posts. I, I just I just don't know, man. Um, it's, it's, fucking, it's like, all right. I mean, listen, this is this is AI for you. It's been around forever. I know a lot of you in the general public are just, you know, becoming aware of it because of chat GPT. But pretty much every algorithm around, whether it's for your credit score, getting a loan, it's artificial intelligence. And that artificial intelligence is usually biased because of the humans that code it. And when it comes to this type of stuff where you're asking for a... Uh, an infraction to be reviewed and it goes to AI. I, I don't know how that works. Like the AI is probably only looking at certain things. So if it sees the one thing, it just auto rejects. You, you, you get no clarity. Um, it, it's, it's, it's insane. So yeah, like, like tones is saying here, I mean, there's other accounts that, that did some feature stuff they've added to, and then they've been removed. Uh, the, the star Wars time dot show. I added it today. And because you, you glorious motherfuckers have been sharing around and, and bringing back some followers, I'm, I'm trying to repay the favor and follow back. We got fucking suspended again for following too quickly, apparently. Luckily, when I appealed that one, the AI was like, you know what, asshole? We've uh, raped you enough today. We're going to go ahead and restore your new account. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. Like I, like I said earlier when I was all fucking emotional... I mean, part of the reason I think I had that little breakdown is just, you know, I, I come here and it is such a small audience and I think it should be a bigger fucking audience. Like a lot of you have told me, I agree. Listen, I'm a narcissist when it comes to Star Wars. I do think I'm fucking great. And I think most of the things I say are somewhat intelligent and incorrect. I say a lot of dumb shit too, but hey, that's neither here nor there. 
but I, I do think we should always have had a bigger following. We, we, we should have more than, you know, 10, 12 people watching live. But we don't. And that's fine. And I still enjoy doing this to interact with those fandos that are here every week. You know, we've all kind of become this goofy, fucked up Star Wars time digital family. And losing my megaphone to that was it was bullshit. But but seeing the fandos, you know, the, the, the press pauses, the tones, the bats, the novas, I mean, the sir dorks, the, the props, the scoundrels getting out there. And if I missed you, I'm sorry. Like I said, it's been a, an influx of support. That shit is touching, okay? So it feels good to know that <laughs> the rest of you are upset and you're going to miss our old page and, and as it used to be presented. Um... But we will, we're, we're going to push through. And, and Sir Dork's not, he's not fucking around here in the live stream. Like I said, if you want to join the live stream, YouTube.com, Tuesdays, 5 p at Star Wars Time Show. Or until, you know, a Doomcock or a Theory gets us banned for community guidelines. Uh, there, there may be a silver lining here. Uh, I have always wondered what would happen if, if we did have a, a, an Instagram account that was just kind of our content and, and, and not mixed in with featured content. You just, you don't know, but, um, Jared is a much more positive person than myself. He's much more <laughs> optimistic <laughs> and, uh, and he should be, I mean, the guy has seen a tremendous success in his, his jobbies, which have become real work, paying work. And, uh, you know, he's, he's managed to kind of recover and, and keep his viral thing going. We, we've really never gone viral. So even our, our 16 K IG was kind of tiny for the years it was there. And our YouTube's still pathetic. It's just like the algos don't like me. I, I don't, maybe I'm not controversial enough. I know that's what it is. I mean, uh, you know me here. I'm, I, I just, I, I know what I could do to bring more eyes to YouTube and I'm just, I, I'm not going to do it. Like. I don't want to become another Doomcock, another Zero, another Star Wars theory at this point in time. It just That's what the algo wants, but I'm not going to give it to them. So I rely on you all to kind of keep doing this, this ground troop type of shit and, and uh, you know, osmosising it into other people's brains and letting them know, like, listen, you like me, you like my content, you appreciate my opinions, I like this idiot. Why don't you go check him out? So... That, that type of stuff is um, appreciated, and, and it's what is keeping me going. Uh, not once today was I like, you know what, that's it. I'm, I'm fucking sticking a fork in this whole thing. I, I, I didn't feel that way, but the whole IG thing, man, that was rough. <sighs> I've been trying to vamp long enough for Nick to come on here so we can get into the actual <laughs> Star Wars talk, but I, I, I know this is getting kind of weak here. Let me see where he's at. Hopefully he's soon. Uh, we'll get him in here because uh, it, it's funny, like a day after, you know, we, we were spinning our wheels on who the Inquisitor in, in Ahsoka could be last Tuesday. And then sure as shit, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, we get some insights. So I wanted to talk to him about that and, and see if he too thinks that, as you can see on the live stream here, uh, this Inquisitor was named Merrick. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. My name is Bob. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't buy that that's the real name. But I really want Nick to show up so we can kind of uh, discuss that one together. 
uh, we talked a little MI, right? We got that, that taken care of. We talked about getting deleted on IG. Um, hey, I, how about this? Do a little show and tell. Uh, I've been unpacking my uh, 1-6 scales that have come in since the basement has been fucked. But now that it's unfucked, uh, I'm starting to put the 1-6 the scale back. And it, it's nice. It's nice taking them out and kind of caressing them, talking to them, brushing their hair if it's like a Chewbacca, dusting them. Uh, but a few new ones are, I guess, <laughs> to the community, not so new. But to me, because they've been sitting in boxes, pretty new. We got, uh, let me see if I can drag this over here. See, we got the uh, Jesse's in there, the pilot, Ahsoka, uh, animated Yoda. I got uh, the Mando Luke's over there. The Purge Trooper. Like, I'm going to go grab the Purge Trooper. This guy looked pretty good. So, um, you know, now that IG has kind of made it odd for us to feature, maybe I can get back to toy photography myself. See, like Jared said, silver linings are coming my way. Uh, but it seems like the the Kenobi's the Kenobi one six sale or one six scale from last uh, summer. It seems they're shipping for those of you that are an asshole like me and, and pre ordered a bunch of them. Um, here he is. Here's the uh, the purger right here. You know, looking good, not looking bad. And I did. I ended up. I don't know why. I guess if anyone else is in the stream here, did anyone else um, pre-order the IG-12 with Grogu in the gut, or, or was that, like, too much? Because I already have the IG-11. I have, like, 500 six scale Grogu's. But for some reason, I was like, you know what? I, I feel like I need IG-12. So I threw him on the pre-orders, Clone Wars Sidious, and that's about it. I, I passed on the Captain Fox 1-6 scale. I just, I don't like it. Or Commander Fox. Don't like it. I want his like phase two helmet on there. I don't I don't like the phase one head and that like that maroon paint. Give him the fucking red. Make him look like the murderer that he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, bat. I know what you mean about space. Um, I'm what I'm going to do. I'm going to put all my one six scale up that I have and, and see how many shelves I have left in my in my glass. And if I have some glass left, I, I'll probably bring in like my my SH figure arts one twelvers. But I don't know, man. I'm like I'm so over the 112 scale figures at this point in my life. I, I just I, I kind of look at them and I hate them. You know what I mean? Like I I I really would like to just throw them all in a tote and be like three thousand dollars. Come pick it up. No boxes. The accessories will be in there somewhere. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. Tones saying Fennec's coming. So yeah, I I just got my my pre order shipping for Crosshair. So all that's uh. Getting ready to ship in here soon. Doesn't look like Nick is quite ready yet. So let me do this. I, I want to talk to him about Merrick. I know he's probably wants to talk about Disney losing money, but maybe he won't get the weight. Uh, I'll do this one with him. All right. So we got some acolyte news, and this comes from the Dagobah Dispatch, which is I think Entertainment Weekly's official. Um, podcast or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So it's not it's not our show. <laughs> so you know it's actually legit. Um, uh, tone. Yeah, let, I'm sorry. I'm I'm scatterbrained today, people. If you're on the audio only, apologies. We'll be back to normal next week, hopefully. 
Tones is not wrong. If if anyone else got the Hot Toys one six scale uh, Book of Boba Fett Deluxe, where it's Boba on the throne, it does take up a whole shelf. But I feel like it's shelf worthy. It just looks great in a display with the light on it. So Tones, the way I'm rolling with him is I've got Boba on the seat, no helmet, helmet on his knee, and then he's flanked by his former self. So I got him in his in his Tuscan gear. And then I got him in the, uh, the the acid wash shit that he wore on Tython. So it's like the three phases of Mando vs. Boba on a shelf. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, the throne stuff definitely works. Hey, B-Mad, we love you, bro. I'm glad we could help. Um, I, I know you're a little late, but we got canceled on Instagram today. So I had myself a little bit of a pity party. Uh, maybe got a little, <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Howard Stern would not be a fan. All right. I'm having fun, people. I, I needed this after all. You know, once I got through that, that opening, <laughs> I, I need this. I need to be with my people here talking, wasting money on fucking hot toys and, and other stupid shit we do because of the Star Wars hobby. So again, thanks everybody. All right, but anyways, we'll do some Acolyte stuff here, waiting for Nicky Boy. Hopefully he, he calls in soon. But like I said, uh, Leslie Headland, the showrunner, sat down with Dagobah Dispatch, uh, you know, last week, a few weeks, who gives a shit. And uh, they, they, they talked about some stuff. They talked about the Acolyte. And, and one of the bigger sound bites came out of here was the claim by Leslie that uh, their series is going to feature the most Jedi to ever be featured in live action, which if you take into account the Geonosian arena battle and then the subsequent battle of Geonosis, that's a lot of Jedi. All right. So here is what she said. And I just thought it was very interesting to do a show about the bad guys and to set that during that time period made the most sense. Again, 80 years before the prequels. So I think that's what sets it apart. It's kind of almost flipped. We have more Jedi than you've seen in any other of the Star Wars content. Okay, that doesn't really make sense, but I'm reading it as delivered. So I what I wonder and what I would have asked Nick, and I guess I will ask you all here, at least you on the live stream, anyone listening. I know there's a bit of a delay, but maybe I'll get a response that works. Do you think Leslie is implying we're going to see that many Jedi on screen at once? You know, like you go to like fucking Club Jedi and they're just all hanging out in an arena, kind of like on Exegol with all those Sith acolytes. Will it be like some massive battle similar to what we saw in Attack of the Clones? Or is what Leslie's saying more of a, it's going to be a, 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 a total number of Jedi. Like throughout the series, you're, you're just going to come across this Jedi, that Jedi, this pack of Jedi, that pack of Jedi, this pack of Jedi, this pack of Jedi. And then, you know, by, by the time the series is all said and done, its number of featured Jedi will be greater than any other uh, Star Wars franchise before it. So... I don't know. What say you, Nick? Well, I don't know. Um, I hate Star Wars. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
See, if we think about the, the, the time period, again, we're coming right at the tail end of the High Republic. Uh, I don't know if they're still going to call it High Republic. Based on the leaked images we've seen many months ago, it definitely looks like it's High Republic era Jedi. They're at least wearing their garb. So yeah, the, the, the Jedi at this time are still in their glory. I'm sure their numbers are great. And they are celebrated around the galaxy. They feel, again, like, hey, we've won. We are the only Force users out there. Sith, what the fuck's a Sith? They haven't been around for thousands of years, you idiots. We're the Jedi. We are awesome. So uh, we got B-Mad here in the stream. He's saying he's expecting this to get like a temple scene or a battle. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I think. And it's like, I, I don't want it to be some cheap, like, oh yeah, look, they walked through the temple and there was a ton of Jedi. So that's what makes it. I, I want it more to be like, all right, let's actually have them featured, nuanced in, in doing things. Um, so for me, I would, instead of like just a big badass scene full of, you know, like the rave from Geonosis, all the, all the light sticks and random waving at blue screens no one could see, I would almost prefer, like I said earlier, like we, we just, we get to come across all these different packs of Jedi. Yeah, we're going to have our, our main cast, but throughout the journey, we're going to run into, hey, this Jedi on this planet and, and his followers or apprentices, so on and so forth. Uh, so uh, I am, I'm, I'm kind of like be mad here. Or yeah, Nova's Nova's guy. Nova's saying here. I think she means more Jedi in general, but there'll probably be seen with good number. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, uh, Nova. Like it's just gonna be you're gonna get exposed to a bunch of Jedi. They're they're not gonna be so um, secretive, even more so than what we saw in the Grand Republic during the prequels. You know, they were they were still pompous assholes there, but for the most part, they they hid away. They stayed up in their temple. Uh, they they weren't obviously out fighting any wars at that point in time. They weren't out like the High Republic Jedi trying to break new ground and explore new parts of the galaxy. They were just a peacekeeping force, you know, just kind of hanging out, going out on missions and pairs when needed. Um, so I think an acolyte, since they are kind of like the, I don't know, the cream of the crop of society, galactic society back then. You probably will see them in, in more instances, uh, different scenarios that we typically weren't seeing Jedi involved in in the prequels, OT, and then obviously the whatever the fuck they're called these days in the Mandoverse, the unaligned force users in, uh, you know, post the OT era. Uh, but it, it does, like I said, it makes sense. I mean, uh, she goes on to talk about that the Jedi we are going to come across, they're, they're not going to be Yodas and fucking Mace Windu stiffs. You know, they're, they're not going to be the black and white type of Jedi, uh, she said here. But at the same time, I think you see more morally ambiguous characters than you've seen in other Star Wars content. And I think I can say this pretty confidently. I don't think you're going to see action in other shows the way that you see it used and utilized in our show. So I hope what she's saying here is that you're you're probably going to see some force users that may be considered Jedi doing some things that you never would have seen in the prequel or OT era, especially the prequel era under Yoda's full um, kind of grand mastership of the order. Uh, I, I don't think she's also just talking about Jedi. I mean, she's just talking about a lot of the characters that will be featured. I mean, let's be real. The... 
the protagonist is is not going to be your traditional good at heart character. It's going to be the the dark side leaning, the acolyte, aka the title of the fucking show. You know what I mean? Um Nova is saying he's gonna be pissed if we don't get a Yoda cameo. And 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 I agree, it wouldn't make any sense. We have to assume at this point in time that Yoda is Grandmaster, or at least almost there. I mean, he's clearly going to be on the council. Uh, he was heavily involved in the High Republic era. Uh, so you would think, and, and he makes sense to add to the story, because I'm sure he would be one of the assholes if there's a buzz around the temple, like, hey, hey, these an acolyte, uh, we're getting murmurs of, of the dark side rising again. I could see Yoda saying, hey, go fuck yourself. Right? Oh, visions aren't bad. You know, that type of stuff. I don't believe in the visions. You are sure on the future and what may happen. Okay. So I agree, Nova. I think uh, we uh, Yoda needs to get a cameo, a spot, something. He would be too important to the order even at this time. I mean, we're only 80 years, but for a Yoda creature, that's what? Maybe eight years at best. So it's got to be in there. All right. What, what's Tone saying? I like this. We're just going to work with the, uh, with the fans for now while we wait for Nick to get through this meeting. Tone's is saying here, had a convo with a work colleague about if Ahsoka will topple Andor. I said not, but he disagreed, said she's more popular as a character. I countered what the writing was, will be superior on Andor. Um, well, Tone's, I... I do think Ahsoka is an, is initially going to get a bigger pop for that reason. Uh, it is a character that has, you know, over a decade. You had it's a character that that kids grew up with. That's the important thing, I think. It's it's the kid factor through the cartoons. You know, Ahsoka obviously started as a as a teen. She was relatable to younger kids. So I, I do think you're going to have a larger initial audience. Uh, the audience could dwindle if they don't love it, if they think it's off, if it's ruining their childhood. You know all the stupid bullshit Star Wars trolls come up with to talk about why they may hate something, even though it's probably just fine. Where Andor, on the other hand, again, it, it to me it was it was it's and it still is nichey. Uh, yes, it is the best written. Look at all the Emmys it got. I mean, I think the Star Wars properties. It's got like over 20 Emmys between Kenobi, Mando, and um, Andor, with Andor getting like the legit ones, like actual, like not, yay, special effects or action. It, it's getting like uh, writing. For some reason, it didn't get acting, which is a shame. But yeah, I, I just, I think Ahsoka has a, a larger built-in fan base. And uh, but I do not think Ahsoka will be as as well written, as deep, as as um, kind of emotional, at least in regards to how the characters are delivering their lines. It may be emotional because of our nostalgia for uh, Ahsoka and the Rebels cast, but not like an Andor where you're, you know, you're you're listening to a brand new character in a Luthan Rael, right? Or um, what's his name? I'm 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 ashamed that I forgot Andy Serkis's character. Oh, Kino. You know these are brand new characters, potentially throwaway, and and they're delivering some of the most memorable and emotional dialogue in all of Star Wars. So yes, 
Andor will ultimately still be the the best written, probably produced, more adult-oriented Star Wars, where Ahsoka, I do think, is going to have a larger built-in audience. Um, yeah, you're not going to get that type of <laughs> deep, deep writing and, and emotional uh, soliloquies or speeches as we got from Andor, 100%. But I'm, I'm jacked for Ahsoka. Uh, even though we're talking about the acolyte, but hey, it's fun to get scattered brain on a on a day like today. All right, so uh, moving on here, back to the acolyte. So yeah, I mean yeah, there's gonna be a bunch of Jedi, but they're not gonna be the the goody tissue type. It seems like a lot of people in this timeline are a bit more uh, ambiguous in terms of their morals. Um, so she also kind of clarified the, the timeline and the narrative perspective that fans should expect in the Acolyte. Um, you know, again, this is a timeline never before featured in live action, and it is going to be told from the point of view of the bad guys, which again is something new to Star Wars. So, you know, a few weeks back, I'm sure I pissed people off when I was jumping down their throats for already discounting the acolyte for whatever reason but I, I i'm telling you just just hold out for this one just hold out like like get through all the internet bullshit and all the tar and feathering that that leslie's been going through from the big channels out there that that thrive on negativity and hate and just just watch it for yourself let it play out you know what i mean let it play out Let's get away from this. Oh, this shit's going to suck because some assholes said I would think it's going to suck. Uh, and that, that extends beyond Star Wars. Like, we, we've all gotten a little too lemming-like because of social media. Just, just use these things, all right? The squishy orbs in, in that skull of yours, in the brain you got. Watch it if you like it. Great. If you don't, great, okay? It's okay to not love everything. It's okay to also not hate on everything because you think that's the way to get some clout as well. Um, but here's what she says. So I would say that the Acolyte stands out because it is the earliest in the Star Wars timeline than we have ever been in live action. We are towards the end of the High Republic leading into the prequels, George Lucas's prequels. So we are looking at a time period where the Jedi are at the height of their power. We're looking at a time period where there is peace throughout the galaxy. And it was very challenging and interesting to make a Star Wars with no war in it. That's the other exciting thing for me. You know, if you think about every other Star Wars, what is the main crux of the narrative? Galactic conflict. The, the showrunner is telling us right here. That is not going to be the centerpiece of the Acolyte, which means it is, it, it's going to get into the nitty-gritty of the characters, how they think, how they felt during this time, what their motivations were, how the Jedi in this time of peace and their hubris were able to let the dark side rise again. Who, who started the, the dark side movement? Will Plagueis be uh, involved? Could the embryo of Sheev be involved? We don't know. All we know is when it's going to be set and that it's going to be told from the perspective of the bad guy. And that, that last part right there is probably the thing that gets me the most excited. We've been, I know, you know, myself personally, Nick on this show, other people that watch this show, we've all been pulling for, let's get a Darth Vader series from the point of view of Darth Vader. 
Now, while this, the Acolyte is not going to be that, and I don't think it could ever rival that if it were the Dark Lord himself, but it's, it's getting there. It, it, it's getting into that mantra of, let, let's see how the bad guys operate. Are they truly bad? Uh-oh, I'm getting a call. Let's bring in my buddy here. Just time out while we shift gears and get young Nick folded into the cast. There he is looking young as usual. Welcome, my friend. You missed that. I could have used you early on. I had a full-on emotional breakdown. Tears and and all. It was... Let's just say, catch it on the replay, because that's something that people could cut up and burn me for the rest of my life. But I'm a person. I got feelings, and it just it kind of bubbled up to the top. So, welcome, my friend. Let me uh, let me get you on screen here. Ah, there he is. We're home, people. The other half of the SWTS dot show is now here. Here he is. Young Nick, let me make sure your mic's up. Yeah, you should be good to go. All right, buddy. Welcome. I'm here. Hello. Welcome, one and all, to the Star Wars Time <laughs> Dot Show, right? That's what we are now. Yeah. Old Dot Show. I mean, I, I said earlier we should have been Star underscore Wars underscore Time underscore Show underscore underscore Go Fuck Your Mom, but... I, Honestly, I, 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 I will say this on the whole topic of the, of the uh, <laughs> Instagram account, and I, I'm going to take this as a, as a positive spin because like, ultimately <laughs> when it comes down to it, like, I, let's be real transparent here. We weren't making any money off of our Instagram. We weren't, we're not making any money off this show. Like the number looked nice and it's nice that when we post stuff, you know, on, on the old account, we had 16,000 followers and you see, like numbers go up. That don't mean shit. Like you get a thousand likes on a post. It doesn't matter. Like a thousand people liked it. Doesn't mean that we get anything extra other than a little piece of dopamine that hits us when we see that a post got a thousand likes. Um, What is impressive to me is that over the time period of when Matt created the new account, we already have over 150 people that followed it and we have essentially no posts on it. Just the posts of like our profile pictures and Matt kind of explaining what the deal was. So the fact that like in the little amount of time that it's been since our account has been like taken down and then we have a new one, there's already over 150 people has followed this one. Um, you know, it gives us an opportunity to really like reapproach how we handle the Instagram side of our socials because a lot of people could have looked at our account and been like, Oh, well they just share other people's work and that's all they do. Now we can be a little bit more discerning with what goes on the feed and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, a number is a number. It is what it is. It sucks that like uh, we had put essentially four or five years of, of work into that. And, and now it kind of just, um, you know, it's gone and there's not really a lot that we can do about it. But like, it's not like we were an influencer account. It's not like we had brands approaching us constantly to do Oh yeah, I I would not be on the show today. Yeah, if this was like our income, I I would be dead. I would be dead. We would not be doing the show. I'd probably be outside hanging from a tree. So Nick Nick is correct, but you you know, I I got a little emotional. And what it was, Nick, it's it was signing on and seeing all these motherfuckers, you know. And then, like you said, the outpouring of support that I got on Haywood Pop that we're already getting on Dot Show. 
And it's just like, you know what? They, they there are a few of these motherfuckers that, that do care. They do they do enjoy us. They like our content. They got what we were doing and, and they're here for us. So uh, yeah, that's so. what you, that if you want to have fun though, definitely rewatch the opening of the show. It's pretty pathetic. <laughs> it's but, uh, like, that, yeah, I mean I need Fred that, here playing that the crying drop. It definitely sucked. And like, you know, I reached out to people, Matt reached out to people, nothing can be done. It is what it is. Yeah, it's but gone. Every every show, you know. We say it when we close, but now is actually the time for those of you listening live and for those of you that are listening on the, the, you know, the podcast platforms of your choice. Now would be the time to actually go out there and like, hey, share our page, share some of our content on Instagram, help us build back our follower base and stuff like that. That would be super nice. Yeah. If you are a fan of the show to go out there and, and like, again, we, we rarely if ever ask for money, the only time we've ever done that is we, we gave you something back with the merch that we had up there, but go share, uh, go share our page, go, uh, share some of our posts, help us rebuild our numbers and stuff like that. We appreciate everybody who's already followed us back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it is, it, it gives us time to kind of like rethink how we want the, the feed to look and stuff like that. We've already kind of decided some things when it comes to features we're definitely not going to be uh, uh, featuring, uh, you know, artwork on the feed anymore. And and I will be doing the top five purely based off of uses of the hashtag. Um, hashtag Star Wars Time Show is obviously still out there. That number hasn't gone down over 100. They haven't canceled that uses. yet. Yep. Can't get rid of that. Over 150,000 uses of hashtag Star Wars Time Show. So just make sure you use that on your posts. Make sure you, uh, you know. If you see a, a good art post out there and they didn't use the Star Wars Time Show hashtag, go drop a comment on there. Use the Star Wars Time Show hashtag. Encourage other creators out there to use it. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on it. It definitely sucks, but hey, it's just a number and we weren't making any money off that number anyway. <laughs> I'll tell you what, go. though, negative stuff sells because when I posted like, hey, we've been canceled on Instagram on Haywood Pop, it got all sorts of traction, bunch of comments. It's like, well, that's what I was telling him earlier. It's like, that's what all the AIs want now is just fucking death, destruction, negativity and shit. No, no, I mean, no hey, facts, no fun. <laughs> just like, yeah. everything's bullshit I mean, now. So it, it happened to Jared uh, and Jared has. Well, he got it. Yeah, he got hacked. We did he not get. I, I want to make it clear. We did not get hacked. Like uh, th my shit's secure. We got f whatever. Like there, there's no clarity. But hey, let, let's move on, Nick. So where I was at, I saved the uh, Merrick thing because I wanted to run through that with you. We're kind of in the middle of the acolyte post right now, uh, in particular down talking about its timeline and the and the narrative perspective being set from the bad guys. Okay, so um, we we're just talking about how. This show, on paper, is supremely unique to, to anything else we've, we've gotten before. Based on the timeline, the bad guys being the protagonists, technically, uh, the amount of Jedi that Leslie said are going to be featured. So I guess a few questions that I wanted to ask if you were here. When she says this show is going to feature the most Jedi fans have ever seen in a live-action Star Wars property, my question to the listeners was... Do you think that's going to be like some big ass wide arena type of shot like Attack of the Clones? Or will it be a culmination of meeting this Jedi, this pack of Jedi, this group of Jedi, this group of Jedi throughout the series? 
Yeah, I mean, my hope for it is that it's a little bit more personal because yeah, you can you can like obviously point to the clone uh, or the attack of the clone scene on Geonosis where it's just like a shitload of people in front of a green screen that you don't know their names and they're fighting all these droids and stuff like that. That felt like very like distanced and you really like, yeah, there was a bunch of people on screen and it was like an overwhelming almost feeling of like, wow, there's, there's all of this hell breaking out and all this battle going on. But I I would hope that like in the acolyte, we get a little bit more of a personal view at some of the Jedi and not just like, Oh, there here's like a wide sweeping scene. But realistically, like it's hard to, to say like we have the most Jedi, like, you know, most live action Jedi than any other star Wars. I mean, well, they say series. So most live action Jedi than any other star Wars series. That's honestly, that's pretty fucking easy to do. Well, does anyone want to like screenshot the Geonosian arena and start counting Jedi for us so we can get ready for 2024? But honestly, I think they might not be live action in half those shots. They're like fucking bullshit CG assholes. But I, but I think, so if, if this came from Leslie, yeah, I think she means series. Like, I think she means shows. She doesn't mean movies. The, the Acolyte will feature more live action Jedi than any other Star Wars series. Yeah. She's talking about TV shows. So the attack of the clones doesn't count. We'll see. I'm counting them, motherfucker. I'm getting my clicker. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. So the Didn't one we are on. Any other circuit? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll see. But anyway, like that, the High Republic also just had like Jedi coming out of their ass. There were that, so many. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was saying before you came on. It's like we're at the tail end of that where they're they're fucking heroes and badasses. There's and, and that's kind of where I, I left off on the last quote here, Nick, and, and why I'm I'm not trying to sell the acolyte. I'm going to watch it. I'm excited for it. But for those are, are like already kind of discounting it and canceling it, you got to think about what it's made of and how different it is from what we've gotten. And Leslie makes a great point here in this last quote, Nick, essentially saying like, listen, due to the timeline, this is going to be one of the first Star Wars series where a galactic conflict is not at the center of the narrative. There's no, nice. <laughs> there's no galactic war. There's no th- good guy versus bad guy. It's just good guys seemingly reigning supreme. But we're going to learn through our protagonist, a.k.a. the Acolyte, the bad guys, that the good guys are that that hubris has already kind of kicked in and it's blinding them to what these bad guys, as Leslie called them, are are currently up to. So, you know, she she goes she kind of talks about Nick like and how this was a, a bit of a challenge when you kind of compare it to other Star Wars where every other Star Wars property has dealt with a galactic conflict, she says. Though the question became, well, what should this show be about if it's not going to be about galactic conflict? And I think that what makes this show different and interesting is that it's from the perspective of the bad guys or the villains of Star Wars. These are people who are using the Force in their own way, dipping into the darker side of the Force, and are doing it without being sanctioned by the larger institution, which in this case is the Jedi. And I think that Star Wars is always about some version of the underdog versus the institution. Yeah, I mean, literally, we're bad guy heroes. That's what we want. We've been calling for this. I know it's not our guy, right, Nick? It's not, it's not Darth. But I, I like that we're someone is taking this challenge, and and obviously she's completed it. I think they finished filming. Who the fuck knows what they're going to be able to do now? Now that all of Hollywood is on strike, but I like what she's selling here. Yeah, I mean, 
we've always kind of called for it, like you said, like getting more of a perspective from the antagonists of Star Wars. Because, like, as you've probably heard when it comes to, like, movies or, or just, like, general, you know, life, like, bad people always think that they're doing the right thing. And I don't expect it to be, like, you know... I, I hope from this series, that's what we get is like, they're like the, the, the antagonists or like the bad guys in this show aren't just like these evil scheming mustache twirling, you know, uh, bad guys that, that like are kind of, you know, well, Nick, I think that we make fun of now, you know? Yeah. She's, she's essentially saying the Jedi are going to be the antagonists, at least from the point of view of the story being told. Cause we're going to be following Probably, uh, what's her name? Or their name? What's her name? What is it? Amanda. There you go. Amanda Stenberg. Uh, It seems like we're going to be following her character who potentially is dabbling or runs into people dabbling. So you are right. It's going to be positioned or portrayed to us as we, as in the dark side people, we're doing the right thing. Like what we're thinking about, what we want to do that is anti-Jedi tropes, that's the right way to use the force. Yeah. Fuck the institution. It's also like you you can also look at it in a very like a very like prohibitionist type of way where it's like Exactly the Jedi the Jedi are enforcing rules on other people about how they can use the force. But like what like what makes them like what, what puts them in charge of how other people do like, you know, use the force. Like what if it, like if these people are dabbling on the darker side and like, and I'm sure there'll be conversations about like, well, well, what is the dark side? Why? Right. Is something yeah. Like what, what if they're healing people or, or raising people from the dead? Is that like, yeah, is know, that like, bad or, you know, like what, like, you know, what constitutes a dark side force power? Like if, if somebody is out there using powers, that the Jedi have prohibited, but they're not hurting other people or they're doing it for their own, you know, their own ends, but their own ends aren't necessarily like evil, but the Jedi are still like, no, you can't do that. We're going to put a stop to it. Then like, you know, from their perspective, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just using forbidden powers that are, that have been forbidden by this, like this large governmental body that has now decided that like, well, you can't do this because you, we said you can't do it. And let, yeah, I, so I, I, I think can, you're right. And, and I hope that's what we get. I don't want like, oh, I'm dabbling in the dark side so I can blow up the Senate. Like, I don't want that to be the protagonist's goal. Their goal, as Nick is saying, should be, I just want to use the force the way I want to use it. Because maybe yeah. I got to maybe I got to save a family member using the force in a way that the Jedi would not approve of. Or maybe I got to save a planet using the force in a way the Jedi would not approve of. So I'm with you there. I don't want it to be. Oh, yeah, we're, we're actually dabbling in the dark side to ultimately overthrow the Senate and everything. No, 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 no. Like Nick said, let's let's just what are their motivations to start using the force in this way? And are those motivations just? Yeah. And I mean, like. And look, there like I think that ultimately like every every like countersides goal is to like hey, we want to put ourselves in a position of power so we can we can institute rules or we can institute ways that are more open to to how we view things. So it wouldn't be surprising to me if like their ultimate goal was hey, like we want to be able to put ourselves in a position of power so we can say like hey, 
what you are doing in the Jedi Order is not right because it's putting unnecessary restrictions on people and stuff like that. But if it is just like, because we've seen two, like we've seen essentially three sets of movies where it's like the goal of the Sith is to take over the galaxy or the goal of the dark side is to take over the galaxy. It's like, yeah, we, we get it. Like, you know, like that's the goal is to, to, to be the leader of the galaxy, but, but like have some nuance behind it and give us reasons because like, even like, for, like what was Palpatine's reason for taking over the galaxy just so the Sith could rule again? Like he never gave concrete reasons. He never said like, no, you know, I, th- yeah, I think you're right. It truly was so that the Sith could finally be be the guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean wasn't wasn't that their goal, Nick, from way back, even in the Legends material? Like, ultimately, the Sith, they just, instead of the Jedi, they, they wanted to be the ones yeah. kind of setting the world order, or the, or the galactic order. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's what Palpatine, like, that was always the goal. Like, after the fall. Yeah, your, of, your cheapo villain goal is, oh, I want to take over the world. That, that's yeah. not what we're looking for, right? Or at least nuance it and I want to take over the world because the Jedi are fucking it up. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is why. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, at, in Revenge of the Sith, after fucking Palpatine, you know, throws uh, Mace Window out the window and, like, after he's all fucking bloodied up and doing weird shit and stuff like that, he he essentially says, once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. It's like, yeah, I get that. Like, yeah, you're going to rule the galaxy, but like, why? Like, to what end? Like, and that was also like, that That never even came to fruition in like the original trilogy timeline. Like his, his end was to literally just be like a galactic dictator. There was no reason behind it other than like his own personal like power grab. Yeah. And that like ultimately like that was cool to watch because it led to, you know, like everything that we got in the original trilogy, which was amazing content through that. But it was not a nuanced reason. Like his reason was. No, just and, and, and Nick, it's not even like he 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 we saw him use the power. It's not like we saw him enjoying his palaces on on Coruscant or his country retreat on Naboo that he stole from the Amidala family. Like he just hung out and just made sure that more people were dying and falling in line. That's all I cared about. Fall in line. You don't fall in line. We'll blow up your planet. You don't fall in line. We'll, we'll you know, we'll send some garrisons there. He, he ultimately just accumulate as much power as possible. And, and that's it. That's yeah. it. So just power, I, I, unlimited power as Nova is yeah. saying. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm very interested to see like what the motivations are for, you know, I, like what the motivations are for the, the bad guys here and like how they are, like if they are building their follower base in this time period, like how they're building their follower base, like how are they selling their their stance to other people? Um, so, yeah, very interested to see. It, it could even be, you know, a manless character could be dabbling and she possibly runs into like a Plagueis, someone that has really taking a deep dive into the dark side. Maybe he or it influences her to kind of take things to the extreme. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I really hope it's not just some, I want a billion dollars type of villain type of shit. And I don't think it will be because she made the choice to make them the, <coughs> holy shit, <coughs> make them the protagonist. So hopefully it is more character driven nuanced and there is kind of an, an emotional reason behind whatever they do versus just, I want unlimited power. 
yeah so i mean we'll see but i am definitely excited that they that we're finally getting star wars from the point of view of the bad guys and like hey, really was there any chance that you uh, started motivation. your record <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> oh sweet thank god for nick <laughs> I yes, completely I forgot to say go, so I'll, I should be able to like bumble fuck these together tomorrow. Perfect. All right, all right. Now the young Nick is here. I want to I want to rewind a bit and go to Merrick. You know, Nick, you and I were were spinning our our little wheels last week on this character, the Inquisitor from Ahsoka. Who could it be? Is it Ezra? Conditioned. Hopefully, it's Barris. Some fans think it's going to be Star Killer. We were saying if it's brand new, it'd be ridiculous. And well, at least based on the name, Nick, it looks like they're trying to tr- convince us this is a brand new character. It was revealed, I, I literally think a day or two after our broadcast last week, that the uh, the Inquisitor that we've been seeing in the Ahsoka trailer, which as we detailed in our last show, it doesn't make sense. Like Inquisitors shouldn't be just be kicking around the galaxy during the Mandoverse. So so what is what is this person doing the, I think Nick brought up the fact that maybe they potentially use the, the WBW uh, when uh, Morgan and them were using it and they somehow slipped through and they're, they're kind of lost in the timeline. Uh, I'm hoping it's, it's Barris because that would kind of close a, a narrative loop from way back in the Clone Wars. I also wouldn't be disappointed if they tried the, the Revan thing with Ezra either. But Nick, like I said... They uh, they put out some official stills last week after releasing the trailer, and in the stills they named the character, and uh, the Inquisitor is named Merrick M A R R O K, played by Paul Darnell, who was uh, Henry Cavill's stunt double on Man of Steel and Justice League and all that type of shit. So, uh, you know, a big beefy, good looking dude. Uh, it's, it is not a female in the costume, like I incorrectly diagnosed last week. Um, so it is, it is a male. He has a, a, a decent stature. You know, like I said, he doubled Cavill. I don't know how tall Cavill is. I'm assuming he's at least six foot or something. Yeah. I think he's pretty tall. So Um, yeah, my question to you, Nick, is, is this, is this a fake out or are they doing what we really don't want to happen? And they're just going to introduce a new character randomly in a timeline where this type of character should not be. Yeah. I mean, I think that, so here's one thing I'll say too. I think a lot of the speculation that I had around it being Barris was because I thought props told us that it was a woman in the suit. So well, I, I think it was me, and because oh. I literally it looked like the stunt coordinator was wearing it in like a in a in a in a, in a release. So yeah, I, I okay, fucked that gotcha. up. Gotcha. Never mind then. It's okay, props. I'm sorry to call you out. Um, but uh, I mean the name. The name means essentially nothing um, because we've already said like one, we already know that like if like once you join this inquisitor ship and stuff like that, you can change your name to be whatever the fuck you want it to be. Yeah. You, you become what, a number and a sister or a bro. Yeah. So like, that's what these people are anyway. It's just like the fact that like Re- we called Reva by her own name the entire time. And the Kenobi series was rare for inquisitors because they're always referred to as like you said like fifth brother or whatever um in terms of like is he just going to be merrick I right think that, i mean like, do, do, is this hey i'm merrick nice to meet yeah. you like hello my name is merrick i think that like we we in particular always like fall into the 
like the cadence of like it should be somebody that we already know because there's already so many characters in Star Wars that are interconnected to every other character that like true why would you make another new person when you don't need to when you could like continue a storyline that's already going from another property and like have this be like a thread closer um i think that like it's like it is very possible that it is a brand new character because if we if we're just purely basing it off of the gender of the of the person playing it as a male and the name that's given like there is nobody that i can think of outside of ezra that would be like a very specific villain for ahsoka that is a male anymore especially a male force user um it, it it's only ezra that kind of fits that bill unless they really kind of dive like dove deep into like some like backstory some lore some legend stuff that were just well, like, well let me let me throw something at you and, and again this is like i, I think b mad may have gave this to me and i'm not completely discounting it is it gallon merrick from there there the, you go there you go again like i think that, that spellings are different a, but 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 the you know the the pronunciation pronunciation spot on and, and i'm with you i think it, that's like a point zero one chance but it is funny how, you know, Galen Merrick and Merrick, it's like, okay. And if you think about who Galen was, at least in Force Unleashed, he was Vader's hidden apprentice. Yeah. So you, you would have Vader, you would have Anakin's apprentice in Ahsoka, potentially squaring off with Vader's apprentice in Merrick. Um, yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. I mean, as I said before... I like if they use that as just kind of like a gimmick, like almost like a like a callback for fans, just like use the name Merrick to to be a callback to the to Galen Merrick, Galen Merrick from from Force Unleashed and like interesting. Um, I think you would you be, would like that better than if it was actually Starkiller, right? Like if they're if they were just tipping the hat with the name. That would be fine, but if it was truly Galen Merrick, it'd, it'd be like if it, if he took his helmet off and it's Sam Wet were under there, I'm not going <laughs> to complain. Um, but I do think that it's just like an Kenobi. Odd, what if he takes it off and just goes Kenobi? I mean, there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> then it's really just fan service. Um, uh, but I and the thing is, is like trying to figure out what because this is Dave's baby. Like, I mean, you know, like he's he's kind of running the ship on this thing, like trying to figure out what he might do here is interesting because like what, like what meaning would it hold to Ahsoka if it's like, Hey, I'm Darth Vader's apprentice who you've never met, but we're going to fight now because well, she knows, I, I mean, clearly in, in the Mandiverse time, well, even in rebel, she figured out that Vader was Anakin. So oh yeah, she, she yeah, would I have mean, that, like, that connection. But even like, even if she is like, well, yeah, I know that like, you're Vader. Like, I know who Vader yeah. is. I know he's like, my Hey master. bro, that was like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, Get over like, it. <laughs> it's like, this is a, ve- this is much like a way long ago. And two, yeah, yeah, I don't by even, the way, like, Vader's been dead for over a decade, yeah, asshole. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know you. It's like, Oh, you're Merrick. I don't know who you are. I yeah, don't good know for you. Like nice, other nice than the fact that like your master told you to kill me in a different timeline. Like I have no, <laughs> Attachment I get it. to you. I get it. And that's why, again, man, I still is like, and you're probably right. I, I don't know. It just, it, it would seem odd for someone like Dave of all people. Just be like, you know what? I'm just going to whip up a brand new character 
and attach it to this fan favorite that has over a decade worth of, of lore and canon behind her. And we're just going to slap this dude Merrick in there. Uh, yeah. So I, I, it's, I, I still think it's a fake out. Uh, if it's not a fake out and it is just the nod to, to Galen and, and, and this Merrick is not Galen Merrick, but it's still a somewhat apprentice to Vader. Sure. I might be able to do those gymnastics, but to me, I, I, I'm still going back to, I think the best payoffs are Ezra or Barris, be it a boy in that suit or not. Uh, it just, it gets a little, little too maybe in the know or in the weeds, right? If it, if it's Merrick and it's somewhat loosely based on Galen. I mean, we're already worried. Some people are already worried. Like, well, what if you've never seen rebels? What if, well, now they're going to throw like random video game legend lore at you. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it's a little bit too deep cut, honestly, to do Galen Merrick. And I think that like, and this is something that we'll talk about when we get to this story later, but like when you go super deep cut, you alienate a lot of your audience. And like, because then there is an, ex- an expectation that you know who these people are. And there's already a pretty large expectation that you know who these people are with this show in general. Like, you, like you said, like if you haven't watched Rebels, then like you're starting from literal fucking ground zero on this show. And you're like, who's this guy? Why are they looking for him? Like who are like, I may know Ahsoka from Clone Wars, but even if you like, if you're not a cartoon watcher, this show is completely out, out of left field for, for you. Like if you've never seen any of the animated stuff, you're like, who the fuck are all these people? Why is it set in a way that like I'm supposed to understand what they're doing prior to me watching this. Like this show already has a lot of hurdles for you to jump just to understand the very base level of where it's picking up off of. And then if you go even further and you add in like a legends video game character from over 10 years ago, like you're really starting to like, you're really putting yourself in a hole in terms of like the potential viewer base because it's like okay like you may get people in the door because they're like oh yeah ahsoka this is the one person that was in that one episode of mandalorian season two so like maybe there's interest there but like she said hi to luke and book of boba fett yeah like yeah exactly so she was in like you know a total of 45 minutes (laughs) yeah i'd say 40 minutes of screen time yeah but like you're like dave is already taking a very big risk with with basically making this show a sequel to a yeah to a show all right so so again based on what you're saying here and i'm with you that's why ezra makes the most sense because new fans will already be keyed into him through ahsoka right because they're they're part of their mission we're assuming gonna be like oh ezra this ezra that he's tied with thrawn we got ezra 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 so that would that would work, right? I mean, if it is Ezra, it, it would work for the new and the old. I just at least if it's Ezra, it is your barrier to entry is one show. Like that's what I'll say. Like yeah. if it's Ezra, all you gotta do is watch Rebels and you know what's going on. Well, I if guess I, I didn't say it. My point, Nick, would be even if you've never watched Rebels, you come into Ahsoka and they're gonna be throwing around this Ezra name and holograms, and you you're gonna be able to tell, like, okay, these people care about this guy. Yeah. So they're hearing the name, they're seeing the hollows, and then boom, he reveals himself. They're, they're going to be able, just from Ahsoka itself, the series go, oh, Ezra. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that that would make the most sense. I mean, Barris would probably be the most little, little tricky, a little tricky because that that would yeah. require, like we said, the little his the little history the additional lesson. history. Yeah. Yep. Um, and she's even less tricky than if it's Galen. But I I'm not going to deny the Merrick Merrick connection. I mean, it could just be a cheeky nod for sure. Uh, but I, this character again is very interesting. He, knowing the name or not, it, it's still a big mystery to me. And I do think Merrick is ultimately going to be a fake out. And if the mask comes off, it it's going to be someone we know. Yeah. No. I mean, I I hope that's the case too. Um. Yeah. I mean, I hope that's the case that that it is somebody that we know. What, what if it's it Anakin's Force Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> If that's the Anakin Force Ghost, if it's Anakin's Force yeah. Ghost, then maybe you can Bob cancel Iger's Star right. Wars like they canceled our account for sure. Yeah, no they, doubt about if, it. If that's literally what happens, then then maybe Bob Iger's right. Hey, listen, Bob Iger's <laughs> an asshole like every other CEO out there. Any entertainment CEO right now, you look like a dickhead. Because we can all see yeah. your salaries and the increases you've given yourselves over the pandemic, and it does yeah. not. It does not lend to the narrative that you all are, are hemorrhaging money because yeah, no. if a CEO can go from like 20 million to 40 million in two years during the pandemic, you can pay the fucking creatives that are making the work. I saw something that David Zaslav. He's the only one like, that went down, Nick, but he was making like 160 million as CEO. It's dude, like, he made 500. He made 500 million dollars over the what is it? Over the last five years, yeah. David Zaslav has made $500 million. He's the uh, only CEO of an entertainment company that took a pay cut, and it's because he was making triple-digit millions, and now I think he's down to like a lowly 20 or $30 million a year salary. Which is insane, because Dave, David Zaslav has essentially, like, essentially just made the worst cinematic universe yeah possible. destroyed destroyed dc eu like it's gone the flash didn't even make as much money as black adam <laughs> it's like, yeah no the flash did worse than green lantern at the box office and and yeah. I, I i still don't think green lantern was as horrific as even ryan reynolds says it wasn't great but wasn't wasn't a complete pile of shit but the flash takes that cake now so yeah i mean dude it's and i'm sure we'll get into it because we are going to talk about bob's pompous fucking bullshit he's throwing out there but it is, it is nuts and I'm, I'm glad the actors finally left and i know some of you if you're not into some unions get a little weird and i'm sure some of you're like oh these fuckers make 30 million a picture you gotta understand that's like the the point one percent of hollywood most of working hollywood makes 50 grand or less a year so and they're the ones this, getting fucked this was a statistic that came out so if you if you're in sag you need to make at least 26 k to get insurance year yeah. to get health insurance and only 18 percent of people that are in sag make twenty six thousand yeah, dollars a year there you go so that so so that gives you an idea of like yeah you see all these big huge movie stars like Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and all these other motherfuckers out there. And you're like, Hollywood. They're outliers. They're outliers. Yeah, like those, like they, they are like, the, like you were saying, kind of like the 1% top one zero one percent of Hollywood. But like a majority, like people that work on like TV shows that are like TV show regulars or like recurring characters on TV yeah. shows, they don't make a lot of money. Paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Like third, like secondary tertiary characters on, even on like, big movies oftentimes don't make a lot of money either. So like, you know, it's, 
you know, I'm not saying that like, oh, we should feel bad for, for actors in general and stuff like that. But like, what I'm saying is just like, just realize that like the celebrity level that you see on, you know, at the Oscars and on the, 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 you know, right. the, the TV, That's... you know, news outlets and stuff like that are like the very, very lucky ones that. Yeah. I mean, think about Nick, they're money. even like a star of that level like a Brad Pitt, a Tom Cruise that, that can work as long as they do and command 10 million a picture. That's a smaller pool of humans than even a professional football player, baseball player. I mean, it's tiny. Yeah. You can probably count on two hands, the mega stars that are currently working still. So I I get, I know a lot of people, there's a lot of FUD out there. Oh, they're striked. They're lazy assholes. All they do is write and make a ton of money. Listen, that's not, that's not it. These fucking entertainment CEOs are out of control with their bonuses, their pay. They don't do shit. They don't make any of these fucking shows. They don't write any of these scripts. They don't have any ideas. They just sit up in the C-suite fucking saying, do this, do that, fire this division. I need to make money for that. That's the key. Listen, these CEOs, they're not out to make entertainment. They're out to increase the stock price for the rich people that own all the stock. Okay, that's it simple so get behind the artists all right don't be a dickhead all right let's um we'll we'll talk about bob again i I used to somewhat like bob but i actually think bob is one of the smuggest pieces of shit ceos out there at this point in time like he is a cocksucker the way he's kind of talked about the strike and uh you know he listen i know why he's got a big head he quit and the guy that replaced him fucked things up so they begged him to come back so anyone's gonna feel like a god at that point but Bob's got to understand without the creatives, he's just another white guy in a suit that thinks he's important. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to end well for the CEOs on this, I think either, because like, they it's look not dumb. Their, like, their arguments bullshit. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, like before the actors started striking, they could they could hold out. They could be like, well, we're just going to fuck over these writers. Oh, d- dude, one of them, them, one of them's on record saying, yeah, we're just going to hold it out till they're homeless. Yeah, I know. I saw that. And I was like, this is how these people think, which is so of course it is. But of like now that is. the now that the actors are are on strike and like even big actors like Tom Cruise and stuff like that, you know, then they're going to be like, OK, well, now our suite of releases is down to re like reruns and that reality real, TV. Like, yeah. We're, we're going back TV. to what, what was it like 2009, 10, where it was just nothing but reality show and, in in half seasons and fucked up series. I mean, th- th- this is what killed lost back in the day was, was yeah. a writer strike. It wasn't the, the, du- we have not had a double, double like the talent and the writers since I think 63. Yeah. So, so this is Hollywood's it's, it's, dead. It's dead. Yeah. And it, I've, it's already been announced too that Disney is going to start releasing their um, <laughs> like Disney plus exclusives to cable now. Cause like, um, what is it? Miss, Miss Marvel is going to be released on like Disney owned channels to like cover the gaps of stuff that they can't produce now. So it, it will be, interesting. Yeah, you'll, you'll probably start seeing Marvel content again on Netflix any, any day now. It's oh like, yeah. I mean, they're, they've already started to like license out Disney content to other streaming services. Like, and so is H- HBO's already, HBO has already started to license their shows to Netflix. Uh, so like, yeah, it's wild. I mean, it, there was a show, I think Disney plus put out in middle of May. It's already been <laughs> removed from the platform. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I think that like, uh, hey, Bob's got to make those bonuses. There was a point. I'm like, yeah, maybe he's infant. No, in the end, if if the CEO can can pay himself twenty to thirty million a year, they're making money. Yeah, they are making and it, money. And like here, and like let me like put this into perspective for everybody. So everybody's talking about Indiana Jones being a flop. Indiana Jones has made over $300 million in its box office run just thus far. Like it's not done yet. It's already made $300 million, but they're calling this a box office flop because the studios just start, just decided one day that like, we're going to spend $500 million to make a movie. And it doesn't even have to be based off of the need for $500 million. That's just what we're going to spend on it. And now, and that's raised the expectation of the box office to be like, well, if you don't make 600 million, 700 million, then it's a failure. Like, yeah, you, that not that weird? Like, dude, even if a, a movie makes a hundred million, it made a fucking hundred million. Like, yeah, it like, made money. It, like you are right. It's like, if it doesn't make, like, if, if it, if it doesn't make like 3000% on the, on its ROI, then it's a failure. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty crazy to consider the fact that like you can make. $350 million worldwide and be considered a failure because the studios have blown their budget way out of the fucking water because they, they just decided to like this mission impossible movie is like, like the only thing that's keeping this thing from being a failure is that it had a huge international, like it, it like this movie has made less than a hundred million dollars domestically so far. And it's been out for over a week. Like it's, yeah, like, typically a movie like that, a summer release, it, it would have made over a hundred in its opening weekend, and that's yeah. why, dude, I don't understand why they launched it on a fucking Tuesday of a normal week. Like, yeah. literally, that, we were, I was saying it last week. Like, wouldn't you do this during Fourth of July, maybe, or just do the the, the Thursday Friday release? But yeah, I mean, oh like, well. if you look at the dom- like the domestic right now for for Dead Reckoning for the new Mission Impossible movie is seventy eight million dollars, and that's yeah. That for a week, that's not good. Not, yeah, not a not summer good. blockbuster. Not a cruise movie either. I mean, I was just talking earlier. Like he's he's the guy. Like yeah. Scientology aside, I'll go see anything Tom puts out because I know it's going to be fucking quality content. Yeah, uh, so, I'm I mean, still going like, to go see it tomorrow. But yeah, you're right. It's just the the it, it's as I said. When it comes down to it, the C-suiters listen. They they don't give a fuck about entertaining us. They don't give a fuck about their artists. They give a fuck about the stock price and all those rich assholes that own most of the stocks in the world. Okay. So I think I mean, 80% of stocks are owned by like 13% of humans. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, dude, it's just, it's, 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 it's fucked up. And like, you know, the, I think that like there was a period of time where like these Hollywood movies could do no wrong. And like they were there. And I think a lot of it is too. If you, if you just like go back and look at these uh, like the top grossing movies and stuff like that, it's based off of tent, like old tentpole franchises and old tentpole actors like Tom, like Tom Cruise, like Tom Cruise is in his fucking sixties now. And like the, the interest is not, is, is waning for, for Tom Cruise now because the people that are like the younger people, Gen Z and stuff like that, like they don't give a shit about Tom Cruise. Like their stars are different stars than what was previously carrying. Their stars suck. 
I mean, their their stars are like social media and influencer stars. No, it really is. That that's the sad state of humans and what humans find entertaining these days. It's fucking social media dickheads. Yeah. So like, that's it's, sad, man. Because I I love the cinema, and but it's it's not getting any better. I mean, if a, if you're telling me an, an MI during the summer when people really aren't that afraid of COVID anymore didn't even clear a hundred in its opening week, that that's not good. Yeah. I mean, not it's, good. it's just like the, and, and the studios think that like, Oh, well, you know, we can just put out a Tom Cruise movie and it's going to make half a million dollars or half a billion dollars because that's what happened with, with Top Gun or we can put out another Indiana Jones movie and it'll make a billion dollars because it's Indiana Jones. It's like, the creativity that they were asking for and like turning like they just straight up turned down like smaller budget projects that don't have a possibility of making a billion dollars at the box office. Like they've just completely started to, to lean towards like event only style movies and stuff like that. They've, they've really gotten away from like allowing people to be creative in what they make. And this is what happens. It's like when you crank out a 10th mission impossible movie with a 65 year old Tom Cruise, like people are just going to lose interest because it's like, well, what story are you telling now? It's oh, like, this I'm, is I'm excited. I, I can't wait to watch it, to be honest with you. I love Mission Impossible. It's, I was just saying before you came on, I just rewatched the, the other six and the first two don't quite hold up. You can skip those, but I, I do think it's a quality franchise. I mean, all of them are like, I thought that the, I thought that the Indiana Jones movie was good, but like, you also have to understand that like, that's not what is that's not what like a majority of people or like a ton of people are interested no, in. Anymore. You're right. It, it, well, one of the movements is go woke, go broke. And that's kind of the label put on Indiana Jones. Again, I mean, just I listen to that one is. Woke, but okay. the, well, again, a, you had a female in a lead role and she did action stuff next to a man. So that's why. And, you know, Doomcock told us that Kathy hired Phoebe because she looks like her and she's trying to replace all of our old male stars from our childhood with females that look like her. That's and the I just, explanation. And I also, like, I'm still at the point where I'm like, I don't understand how a $300 million movie two weeks into its release is a failure. Like, I just don't understand that. Yeah, it's weird. Hey, since it's we're like, we're since we're on this, we might we might as well just skip to to Bob real quick. Then we'll go back to Outlaws. Uh, I, I don't know how much more we even need to go into this, but I, I will say this: Bob's a dickhead. Okay, he's an arrogant motherfucker. Um, I I, I think Nick will disagree with me here, but. I can kind of see his point on pulling back on Marvel because let's be real. The, the, the Marvel brand has just been, it's lacking in quality since, since phase three. And there have been, I mean, they're, they're still putting out two or three movies a year, two or three shows a year. I can, I can feel that it's oversaturated. Now, when it comes to star Wars, I, I, I'm going to disagree with Iger here. If you think about it, we haven't had a movie since 2019. We've only had, what, Mando, Andor, Kenobi, live action, and then uh, Tales, Visions, and Bad Batch cartoons. So in, what, three and a half, four years, that, that's all we've gotten in Star Wars. So to me, that's not an oversaturation. Yeah, sure, you can, you can sit there and, and talk blue in the face about the quality of the Mandalorian's latest season or the Book of Boba Fett, this, that, and the other thing. 
But I, I don't feel like Star Wars has been jammed down our throats as, as much as Marvel. So I, I think Bob's a little off base here. But, uh, you know, when it comes to cutting costs, as Nick's been saying, these days it seems like if you want to make anything Star Wars, it's going to cost you at minimum $100 million if it's a TV show. If it's a movie, upwards of a, a quarter billion. So it's an easy target to just just throw out there, be like, oh yeah, we need to, we need to cut three billion. Uh, so I'll just throw out Marvel and Star Wars. Those are the big tent poles. They cost the most. So so fuck it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think and like this is kind of what I've been saying for a while now. And like the stuff that's being made for Star Wars is being made for us. Is being made for like the people listening to this podcast, me and Matt, the people who are like truly hardcore Star Wars fans. Problem is is that when you make content for like very small audiences, they don't recoup investment. Like that's just how it is. Like if you look at like the formula that George was using, whether it be by his choice or not, like, you know, whether it be like he pitched TV projects and it got turned down, like obviously we knew what happened with, um, you know, TV projects that he had pitched to live action Fox. They were just like, no, Star Wars isn't for TV. Um, but what it was, was Star Wars was event franchise. Like you get three movies in a trilogy, 79, 80, 83. It comes back fucking 20, you know, almost 20 years later, three years split between each movies. And it was an event. It was something that, that drew the world in Every time a movie came out, Nick, I used to pray back in the, the, the late 90s and early 2000s that the universe would at least let me live to see episode three. Like, that's how, yeah, like you're saying, it, it was like a long wait, but there's three years between every movie, and, and it was, it was, it was a, it was an event. You would start building up for it, and you'd be like, please, I don't want to die. I need to see this. I need to see what happens. You are correct, and that is it, gone. Yeah, that's gone. And like, you could say, and like, it started with the Star Wars stories and I'll say, cause I loved both of them. I love Rogue One and I love Solo. I think Solo is one of the most underrated Star Wars movies in the whole catalog. Um, but it started there because it was, because once they started the trilogy, the new sequel trilogy, it was kind of like reappropriating that George formula. You're going to get a movie every two years and it's going to be like, this is, telling another part of this trilogy story. It's going to be franchise. It's going to be event focused. It's going to be franchise focused, stuff like that. Then they start sprinkling in the star Wars stories and you're taking away from that feeling. Like every time you go to a star Wars movie, it's an event because now every year there's a star Wars movie. And when you do stuff like that, it just dilutes like people become less and less interested because it's less and less of an event. Every time something comes out, and now we've gotten to the point where you took something that was this like, oh man, every three years a Star Wars movie is going to come out and it's going to feel so gratifying that we're seeing Star Wars again. And now it's like, well, you got three series a year and then you got other series that are in development that are going to add to that catalog. And then, I mean, at least at this moment, we've had a, a hiatus from the movies. So it's not like, constant barrage of star wars on both the big screen and the small screen but that's what's happened is like star wars isn't an event anymore and for people who were like into star wars as casual fans because it was an event when they came out now it's like 
yeah, but there's Star Wars on all the time. So like, what's the difference? Yeah. Like what, you know? I, I, I got you there. I mean, I, I'm, listen, like you said, we're the dopes that they cater to. So I, I definitely still get excited. I'm excited for Ahsoka. I, the bigger problem with the Star Wars TV is how do we recoup the money? Like, 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 like how does a, you know, we, we've heard the number hundred million thrown out for the Mandalorian to do eight episodes. Okay, fine. How does, how does Disney recoup that through Disney plus? Like what, what's the formula? Is it cause I signed up, they, my $6, whatever goes to that. I, I think that, that that business model for star Wars TV is not working for them. I, I don't yeah. think they are making a return on the TV shows. Yeah. And that's, that is why they're going to license it to other streamers. Cause that's how they get the money back is like, okay, we paid a hundred million dollars to make this, you know, it released on Disney plus for X amount of time. I don't know how they do their revenue calculations for like how much each show's revenue share is for, you know, their release window. Like when, when Ahsoka releases, I don't know if they look at like subscriber growth over X amount of time you know, right. during yeah, that it's like, like what, what are they looking at to be like, okay, this show was successful. It made money. We can do another one. I, yeah. I don't. And like, where's that formula? And like, I don't think that And the big problem is, is I don't think that the studios truly understand that yet either. Like, I don't, I don't think or that they, they know, know and to, they, they don't want to make it public. Cause that's kind yeah. of been their leverage over the, the talent yeah. is well, Hey, yeah, you, you have the most watched show on Netflix, but it didn't make money. So we don't know you yeah. shit. So, so it's like, <laughs> So now, now the, you know, the, the, the answer is, well, we'll license it to Tubi or we'll license it to Pluto or we'll license it to another paid streaming service like Netflix or, or HBO max or something like that. They pay us a licensing fee and that's, that's dollars in our hand that we can say like, okay, we paid a hundred million dollars for this. We, we, we licensed it to. Netflix for five, for 50 million. We licensed it to, you know, Pluto TV for 25 million. So there's 75 million right there. Plus whatever revenue that we can attribute it to from Disney plus, like that's how we get our money back. So I can see why they're going to license it to other stations or to yeah, other I'm, streamers. Hey, I'm good with that. What, what I won't be good with is just the, the knee jerks from the non-creatives. Like, eh, fuck it. Let's just cancel everything because yeah. cost cutting and and that sounds what Bob's getting into. So, yeah. and like it's 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 difficult too because it's like now with Star Wars in particular, I mean and and Marvel you've gotten to a point to where the stories that you're telling in your television series are so it's just it's it's not something that everybody's interested in. Well, I will like, give him, give him this, Nick. His quote that Marvel in particular has diluted focus and attention for the brand. I that I, I can't agree with that. Yeah, it, it that is unquestionable. Like, and this is something that I was talking about. Like, not not necessarily dilution in terms of like, you know, the the the. The amount of content, but like dilution in terms of like the quality of your <laughs> the storytelling. Quality, yes. Yeah. Like the quality of your story. I mean, like quality of the, of the visual content for sure has gone down, but it's also like the quality of your storytelling has gone down because you're telling stories about relatable superheroes in completely unrelatable circumstances at this point. And like, that's what drew people into Marvel. What, what drew people into Marvel was relatable superheroes in relatable in like relatively relatable circumstances. Like 
yeah, you're fighting like, you know, monsters and aliens, but like you're like the first Avengers movie was about protecting New York City from an alien invasion. Like that's a super relatable thing. And now you're talking about like multiverses, and multiverses and like, verse. yeah, like there's, there's so much there. You're so far from your starting point in terms of like the quality of your storytelling that it's like, it's not hard to believe that people are just like, what? Like, that's why I'm just like almost completely tuned out of Marvel at this point. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And like, there's so much for me to now catch up on to just purely understand what is happening that like, I don't even know if it's worth my time. Like what, like what, like why would I go watch like, like I watched the multiverse of madness movie and I was like, why the fuck did I watch this? Like the only reason that I was remotely interested in, in it was because Scarlet witch was in it. And I like that character, but everything else was just like a mishmash of nonsense and bullshit that I'm like, I can't even track what's happening here. Oh, you, you definitely need to watch Ant-Man then. <laughs> like, I, it, yeah, you, you I mean, watch Ant-Man, you're going to poke out your eyes. You're like, what the so fuck like, is this? So, so here, I just want to address one of the comments from the chat. BMAT says the Netflix game failed for Disney. That is completely the opposite of the truth. Like Netflix is what launched Disney's streaming service. Like, the success of Marvel on Netflix was literally what caused Disney to be like, we can make a streaming service purely based off of this. So, so not only was it not a failure, it was so much of a success that they were like, they literally said like, we don't need you Netflix. We can literally launch our own streaming service. And they did. And it's now the second largest, largest streaming service on the planet. Like it's, it's and supposedly so much of a, not making money because Bob Iger needs to make his bonus. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they're like. Obviously we've heard from the investors meetings that like, apparently Disney plus is a huge money loser, but I don't have, like, I can't tell what their financials are. All right. we have to go off. That's of what I mean. The, they, they're just, the they just say it. We, we don't yeah. get to see their, their EBITDA. You know what I mean? We're not yeah. seeing their earnings statements. Exactly. And we, if you've ever worked in any sort of corporate anything or business and, and, and gotten into accounting, accounting in general to me is just made up magic bullshit with numbers. When, when it's in a corporate business, you can do shit in, with your books that is, you would think is illegal to hide losses or, or, or recoup some or get tax break. I mean, look, look what WB did with bat Batgirl. Oh yeah. Just fucking, like, hey, fuck it. Here's 200 million. We'll just write it off and we'll actually make money this year doing that. And, and that's yeah. accounting for you. So yeah, I mean, don't, don't take a CEO's word for, yeah, our, our streaming's not doing well. That's why we yeah. need to cut content. It's more yeah. than likely it's doing fine. They're just not making enough money to increase the stock price fast enough for the rich people. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, it's such an interesting thing when you see, you know, when the streaming service launches and it's the fastest to hit hundred million subscribers ever, they're like, oh my God, look at us. Like we've launched this streaming service. It's the fastest growing streaming service ever. We're pulling uh, subscribers away from Netflix because we've taken the content that we had on Netflix and we're putting it on our service. And then eight months later, they're like, well, it's the biggest money loser on our books. It's like, well, which one is it? Like yeah. it's the second largest streaming service in the world, but you're saying you're losing money off of it, but you're not telling us why you're losing money. Off exactly. Of it. It's, so it's like, very, it's very suspicious. It really is. I mean, 
it listen i don't want to dumb it down but it it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to run a streaming platform it doesn't take some magic devices in the sky to run a streaming platform i mean the disney's and, and these companies they probably already had some of the infrastructure in place or they tapped into like an aws or a cloud platform that already has all the infrastructure you just need to say set it up this way i mean so just to like put put dollars to it for the people out there who are like unsure of like, well, how much money does it make? Your Disney plus subscription costs you what? $5 a month. Oh, it's, it's have, more than that. Now I think it's up to eight or nine if you start new. Yeah. I mean, what's the monthly recurring. I would say Disney it's plus $8. Subscribers. Nick, use eight, use eight bucks. I'd say yeah. that's the closest to, you know, if you did like three years to reduce that eight bucks should work. So if, so there's call it, even if there's 50 million, monthly recurring Disney plus subscribers at $8 a month. Do the math there. 50, 50 million, which is a, a lot of zeros times eight is $400 million per month okay, times so, 12. So how are they losing money? Like what, yeah. are, what are you so running? Like truly, is your server farm on the moon? Yeah. It's like you, just purely based off of Disney Plus, if their subscriber <laughs> numbers are at least 50 million It's going to Bob Iger's month, bank account, man. That's it's where it's going. That's $4.8 billion a year. It's $4.8 billion a year just in terms of Disney Plus subscriber revenue. Right. Like, how are you losing money off and of And Nick, didn't they, they, didn't they start an ad platform now too? Ad supported? Yeah, they have ad. They so have now, ad now supported. They're, now they're making ad revenue. So yeah. That's what I'm saying here. I, I think a lot of this stuff coming out is FUD from the C-suite because of what's going on in Hollywood. The, the, the strikes, the writers, the actors. This is their only, their, they think their only leverage is, hey, we're just going to tell everyone all the, the, the poor saps that consume our content that us rich guys, we just can't make the money we used to because this streaming costs a ton of money. But I, I think Nick broke it down. Obviously, you're going to have other costs that will chip away at that monthly revenue. But fuck, if you're making over 400 million a month on a single platform, I would think you have business processes in place, the right people in place to manage this unit that it's not a loss. I mean, it's insane if you're making $400 million and you're operating at a loss. Yeah. I mean, okay. So here, here, here's the numbers. This is, this is straight from Statista. You can look it up. Disney plus subscribers worldwide. Q2 2023. 157.8 157.8 million, 157.8 million subscribers to Disney plus in Q2 2023. That's right now. That's a slight decline from Q1. Q1 was 168 million. But if you, if you do the math on 157 million subscribers at $8 per user, that is $1.2 billion per month, per month. That's, that is $15 billion per year. Like how are they losing money off that? Like, I just, I, like, again, like I, 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 I work in marketing. So like, like these numbers and stuff like that is like a part of my job too, because your, your overall revenue is, is a part of your marketing budget. Like those two things work together. So I kind of have to know this shit. If I had 157 million subscribers at, at an average cost of $8 per subscriber, and I know that I'm making a billion dollars a month, like, holy shit. Like, how do you lose money? Like, it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. 
Even even this many years, you could be like, oh, startup cost, sure. You know, paying for the the, the first round of shows to be produced, sure. But, you know, th- this thing has been around since, what, 2019 now? I mean, hello, uh, Bob. Look in the mirror. I mean, what are your yeah. what are your directors? What are your VPs doing? Like, who yeah, who's like, pissing away the money here? It's like you you could at that call at that revenue per month. I mean, obviously, we don't know marketing costs, and we don't know all of the other costs yeah, associated. I mean, even if like Nick, a, even if you slash it fifty percent, they're still making seven billion a year on Disney Plus. Yeah, and it's like you you cover the cost of 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 producing these like four star Wars shows that cost you a hundred million plus in a month. Like yeah. you, you cover it in less than a month at this pace. Like, so it's not, it's not that your production costs are too high. It's not that your salaries are too high because that's what the, that's what the actors are striking about is like, unless you're like a mega star or you're like the star of the show, you're not making a million dollars per episode. Like, where does your cost go? Like you so it's like they're they're like they they can cry all you want, but like we can like I can look at these numbers and be like, there's no way you're burning through one point two billion dollars in revenue per month. It's not possible. Like they got they got bodies in the closet, man. They're 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 paying off something that they don't want anyone to know. So yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I I think some of this, what Bob's saying last week, there's truth to I, I really, the Marvel stuff for sure. Star Wars, There are I think quality concerns, definitely. Yeah, yeah Star Wars, he, he might be a little off. I don't feel like that's been oversaturated. And, and I know some of you have quality concerns with the Star Wars too. Uh, I could see it a little bit, but I, I think the Star Wars has been okay. Uh, not enough to warrant, hey, we need to scorch earth this motherfucker and just stop projects. But... Speaking of projects that probably definitely will never see the light of day now. I mean, I, I think that the Acolyte is safe. Skeleton Crew safe. Anything outside of that besides Mandalorian season four, I think is, is sketchy. And that includes the Young Lando series. So, Nick, we got an update from Justin Simeon, who was announced in this is all the way back in 2020 was when this happened. That he was uh, kind of working on this and, and, and writing the series for Disney+. Plus. It sounds like he actually did some work. And he was recently asked about this because I believe he is directing Haunted Mansion coming out at the end of this month starring Ahsoka's better half, Rosario Dawson. That actually looks uh, fun. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we heard from Kennedy earlier this year that, hey, yeah, Lando's still happening. But uh, Simeon, in a recent interview with the direct, said that he has not received an update since that update, which I believe that update was the December 2021, not the one that Kathy uh, casually dropped this year. So here's what he has to say. I certainly poured my heart and spent a lot of time working with them to put together a really great show. So to me, that reads this shit was scripted out at minimum. Like it was written. Um, it feels like everybody loves it. And, you know, I was told we had to put a pause on it because of scheduling and the next update I got was in 2020. So, yeah, <laughs> some years ago. So I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with it. Well, let me tell you, brother, that show's dead. It, 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 Bob's got his reason now. You can pretty much take it to the bank, my friends, that the Young Lando series, even though it is confirmed to have been at least scripted, it's dead. It ain't happening. 
Yeah, I mean, in the, in the current landscape, it's it's definitely been put on the back burner. Uh, maybe even uh, the back burner was left on and it was set on fire. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> more than likely, like, Iger showed up with his flamethrower 2000 and was like, hey, what, what's something we've only spent a little bit of money on? Maybe just gave a writer some cash. All right, young Lando. All right, next. Shred See, that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's likely not going to happen, which is sad because that's another like, you know, for those of us out there who have seen Solo and that really like Solo, I think that one of the huge reasons that it was a, that it was a win for us was specifically because of Donald Glover's Lando. I think that he did a fantastic job of like taking what Billy D did in in like rewinding that character a few years and really like Definitely. Really assuming that mantle and and did such a fantastic job with it. Um, but right now, I mean, you can you can pretty much take it to the bank that we won't see this in the foreseeable future, if at no, all, if ever. I mean, the, the fact that the poor writer hasn't even been called in over three years, almost uh, that's not a great sign. Yeah, and not, like not I a great understand, sign. like I understand that you have content calendars and like a lot of it, like. With this show in particular, I will say that like a lot of it has to do with just like Donald Glover's schedule. Like Donald Glover was making his own show and writing his show, his own show with Atlanta and Atlanta just wrapped up relatively recently, I think. Um, well, and we've we've discussed this before, but Donald, he's kind of unique in where he will only do certain art forms during certain years. During, like, yeah, he, he may just want to rap for a few years and that's what he does. Or he may yeah. just want to act for a few years and that's what he does. I mean, that that's yeah. it. Like he he does not mix his art forms. Yeah. And like Atlanta ran from 2016 to 2022. So it just ended last year. So, you know, you have to work around the schedule of him writing and filming Atlanta. You have to work around his schedule, like his, his touring schedule for his rap career as childish Gambino, which I think he is, he's kind of put on the side now. Um, yeah, I don't think he's touched Gambino since solo, like 2018 is after when solo was coming out is when he launched his most recent album. Yeah. So like, there was a lot that was just going on in his life and a lot of like personal projects that he was working on. So I can see why that would get like pushed down the, you know, like why Lando would be delayed because you're essentially working around Donald's schedule. Um, so I can't really like, I don't know who to place blame on, on that. Like, I don't know if that was literally like, you know, if if Lucasfilm was like, well, we're ready when you're ready, and Donald was like, well, let me wait till I'm finished with Atlanta, and then we can move on this. And now that he is finished, we're in this situation where everybody's fucking striking. All of the studios are just cutting projects to use as tax write-offs and stuff like that. So that that may have literally just been like bad timing with with Donald's schedule. Yeah, it, it just seems odd but, that the the other person attached to it hasn't heard jack shit. And he's just a writer. So, it, it, I mean, it yeah. does, it, it, it's, it's, it leads me to believe it's just another one of those projects that it, someone pitched to Kathy on one night and she's like, fucking A, sounds great. I'm putting in a PowerPoint presentation for December. And 
ran with it. And now, you know, the old egg face and talking out the side of the mouth. Oh, yeah, we're working on it. And it's, a, you know, it's a work in progress. We're still doing something. And yeah. it'll just keep doing that game until 10 years later. It's still not out. And us two yeah. assholes are still wondering, hey, when's Young Lando <laughs> going to come out? At that it's, time, it's coming out with the Droid series, Lando. right? You guys remember Droids was announced then too. Where's the, where's that at? Where's that one? Yeah, where's I mean, that, that one that's almost assuredly dead. I Rangers mean, like if, of the if, New Republic. If you just look at like, I mean, and and like when it comes down to it, like when they like when studios like Lucasfilm, who are a part of like a larger conglomeration like Disney, like when it comes down to it, and like budget cuts come from up above, like they don't have a say in it. Like if if like if somebody tells Dave like, Hey, but you got $200 million to make series for this year. And we already talked about what the production costs are for Disney plus live action series being upwards being can be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, I think Andor was almost $200 million. Like Andor was a huge budget show that performed. You would think because it, it, it didn't, it didn't use the volume. It, 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 it yeah. popped all halfway around the, the globe to shoot. Yeah. So like that had a huge production budget and it was the least watched show of the Star Wars suite thus far. So like that was a fucking knife. And then you have to you have to imagine that like if they're getting budgets from the CFO of Disney that says like, hey, you had at one point you had six hundred million dollars. Now you have two hundred million dollars. Well, what are you going to make? You can't just end the Mandalorian. Like, what are you going to do? Say like, okay, well, the Mandalorian's over. Like it's, we're just not going to make that show now because we have limited budget. Like you have to continue that. That is your only recurring series that yeah, you have I, right I, now. I think Din, Din is safe for now until yeah. Bob wants a second super yacht and then they're going to have to cut that one too. So his, yeah. his so base like, can go up to a hundred million. Once you get to that point, it's like, okay, well we have a hunt. We have say $75 million dedicated to just Mandalorian production. Well, what are you going to make now? Are you going to make, Lando, which is a question mark because it's a spinoff of a movie that essentially <laughs> you decided to kill your whole movie universe right, over. Right. Flopped in or, quotes. Yeah. Like, or are you going to make, you know, are you just like, are you going to stick with the Mandoverse stuff? Like you have to stick with the Mandoverse stuff because that has now become a TV universe. So like it's, it's, it's shitty when, when you're in situations like that and you have a budget that's given to you from on high, like, what are you supposed to do? Like you could, you could decide like, well, let's make the Mandalorian for 25 million instead of 75 million. So you cut the budget of that production by fucking more than half. And then that way you have more money to make other shows, but then you're skimping on the quality of your flagship show or you make your, you make Mandalorian at its full budget and you just say, well, the, all those other projects that we legitimately were going to make are just not going to happen anymore. Like that's your two options. Yeah, so. it's um, I, I did, like it, he's not wrong. I, I think we're we're going to be limited to about the Mandalorian when when it's all said and done in terms of Star Wars TV. It'll be Mandalorian, then the supporting Mandoverse movie, and and that's about it. Uh, I, I don't foresee Ahsoka getting a season two. We know Andor's naturally done after season two. And uh, I, I don't think Skeleton Crew has legs for a multiple season. Doesn't seem like it, it doesn't seem like it would. And Acolyte seems like it's going to be a 
a one-off because it's going to soon butt up to, flow, to the, the, right. the prequels. So yeah, it'll flow yeah we'll, that, we'll so. see. I mean, Bob may get his dream. There, there may be no Star Wars content in the next three or four years for Disney. So. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting and like be mad saying that this got me on my dark side. It's just, it, it, it's like when I can, when there's certain amounts of visibility that like anybody can see, like we can all see Disney plus subscriber count. Just go look at it. Like you can look it up online. And like when we can see that, that financial side of things, plus the financial side of things where you're like seeing how much. And, and like, here's the thing is like, we're just seeing CEO pay. Like that's just CEO pay. That's oh, not yeah, yeah. They're, all they're, of the other executives. Yeah, they're they're lieutenants. Like they're not the C-suiteers, but your VPs and your directors. They're probably I'd say directors are making one fifty to two hundred, maybe even two fifty, and and then the VPs are probably five hundred plus, and then obviously r- ridiculous bonus potential. As oh well. yeah, like a- anybody in the C-suite is making tens of millions of dollars per year. I mean, Bob Iger, Bob Iger's, uh, uh, salary over the last five years, $195 million. Like, and that's probably not including bonus. That's probably base. And that's, the funny thing is, is like, that's over the last five years for three of those. He wasn't even the fucking CEO. Like <laughs> that was when Bob Chappick was CEO. Hey, it pays <laughs> to be at the top of uh, a, a capitalistic firm. There's no doubt about it. It yeah, pays so like, to be in the C-suite. So but it you're annoys me. And really what we're all saying here with the money, you just got to remember, like, I do think now a lot of the shit you're hearing is FUD. It's the fear, uncertainty, yeah. demand that they'll do in any market to try and get people worked up and, 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 and manipulate things. And I, I yeah. just... I do not think these companies, these entertainment, these streaming houses are are bleeding cash like they're telling us. It's no. just it, and what's it's unfeasible. Fucked is, what's fucked is is that from a public perception stand a po- like point point of view, it's the actors and the writers that are the bad guys. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, like, that's why I tried to explain earlier. Like you, you got to shift what you think about this strike because they're not in the wrong. It's the fucking rich assholes running these companies that do nothing but make millions of dollars on the backs of creatives. Yeah. It's it. So like, but from, but like my mom who's watching TV and is like, why is it all reruns? Like, why don't we have any new seasons? These lazy assholes. They should shut up. They're not out here digging ditches. Yeah. Like they're, they're going to look at it and be like, well, the actors and the writers are striking. Why are they doing that? Why are they striking? So we don't get new content. And then that just fuels that, that fuels the argument from the studio side where they're like, well, it's like, we want to make new stuff. We, we want to make new content for you guys, but, but they're, they're striking. Right. It's 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 their fault that nothing is people. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. It, when it comes down to it, and this is something I've always thought about this, but I, I, I gave up on it because it's impossible. Uh, and, and don't accuse me of being a, a communist or Marxist when I say this, okay? Just, just think it through. But if us workers, okay, l- let's face it. If you're not in the 1% or C-suite, you're the worker class in this country. If, if we could, for two or three days, actually commit to some sort of nationwide strike, Uh, be it buying gas, uh, buying food, uh, going to movies, buying cars, 
we could fundamentally change how business is done in this country. We could change how we work. We could change the amount of hours we work. We're everything. And like I said, I mean, if you look back in history, this this is what the Lenins of the world did. And, you know, that shit goes sideways. But if the worker class could actually organize and just say no to to buying and, and living in the luxury for a few days, weeks, we could fundamentally change the world. And like I, this is pie in the sky shit, but it's true. Think about what these C-suites would be doing if, if Nick and I could convince 8 million people right now to cancel their Disney Plus. Yeah. You, you mean, don't think that would change something? Fuck yeah, it would. If that money stops flowing in, that's how things changed. And that's it. They don't care about anything. They don't care about people dying. They don't care about misogyny. They don't give a fuck about anything. As long as the money's flowing in, they'll, they'll justify their business. But if we, could, if we could actually just commit like, hey... Nick, we don't need to go eat our Chipotle burrito today. Let's let's get you know, let's get 300 million people to do that. Chipotle's going to change something. Okay? Like I said, I don't talk about this out loud because you get branded a a, a communist, a marxist, a leninist. Uh that's not what I'm advocating for. I just want to remind everyone the power that we have as not the elite. Oh, yeah. We have but way also, more power than they do. They need us. Yeah. We don't need also, them. Like- the, the biggest capitalist motto that's out there is vote with your dollars. And that's all that that is what like Matt's saying. That's what everybody's saying is like, hey, if you don't like the way a business is doing, you know, is, is conducting themselves, vote with your dollars. Take your dollars away from them. Perfect and example they, with people to listen to us, Nick. I see it all the time. Bitching and moaning about toys right the packaging this or they keep re-releasing and repainting the figure you know why they're doing that because you motherfuckers keep buying it It, it's i mean dude it's so simple like economics can get very deep but on the surface it's simple if we kill the demand that's it they have nowhere to go they have nowhere to sell those fucking widgets to 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 get their porcelain bathrooms okay all right, yeah, I'm not a commie. I, mean, I am not a commie. It's just, it I'm just telling the, you, real life, like we kill ourselves for like a hundred people on the planet. Yeah, no, it it is the most fundamental principle of capitalism is that you get to decide how things go with where you spend your money. Yeah, the problem you know? is we just we've all gotten used to a comfortable life, and we don't want to give that up, and nothing's yeah. ever going to change. Like but even when I do, when I used to, to work in corporate America, I'd be like, dude, this work week is fucking crazy, sixty hours, and you guys think that this is something to be proud of. As like if we all across the country just like you know what, fuck you. I'm only I'm I'm working here Monday to Friday, fucking eight to four. And you just stop. They, they, they can't stop you. They can't do it. And, and you, you this is cripple. how unions are formed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, we're and, giving and, you guys an economics lesson. This and, is how and unions why, are formed. And why no one wants unions who runs a big business. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you know who doesn't like unions? CEOs and Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. Yeah. Because I, like, like I said, I, is when probably, they have real power. Yeah, there's probably people out there that aren't educated. Like, oh, these goddamn socialist liberal fucks. And hey, that's fine. Like I said, just educate yourself. Educate hey. yourself. We uh, we all kill ourselves for the benefit of the few. Yeah. Uh, and I, I live a good life. Like I, I know, you know, there's yeah, probably people, people listening to us, Nick, that are literally digging ditches 80 hours a week, barely getting by. 
those are the people I'm I'm taught like that even more so like you can change your shit it just you gotta understand like it, it's just never gonna happen we, we because of the machines in place to kind of keep people lemoning you know, like yeah yeah yes yes yeah, work myself to death that's the American way like people buy into that they think it's great and the, you can't convince them otherwise so all right let's move on we, we've done a lot of financial shit today I'm wondering if anyone's still listening we do have one know, more right? we definitely <laughs> went off on a tangent here but it's important like this is important to talk about because this is all about the future of Star Wars yeah and 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 Marvel too. Like if you are a Marvel fan, like what's going on now is is huge to the future of Marvel. Yeah, dude, pop culture in general, and it's not yeah. just. I mean, AI. Look what it did to us today. That that that's AI is prevalent everywhere to make decisions. It's soon going to be making content. Okay, like it just so just just be aware, stay woke. <laughs> Got you, motherfuckers. All right, here we go. So we do still have one more uh, little news post that that isn't a bunch of happy horse shit about money. And it's Star Wars Outlaws, Nick. And it it was a pretty cool update. Shouldn't take too long to kind of parse through here. Uh, But it gave me uh, some insights that I I kind of enjoy. And what we're talking about is uh, Julian Greidy, who is the creative director on the game, was speaking in Edge magazine. And he was talking about the... you know, what fans should expect in terms of, hey, if I go to this planet, is, is it going to be massive or is it just like, you know, a tiny, a tiny little zone that I can get through in, in 30 minutes and then I'll have to go to another planet. You know what I mean? So he uh, came out and confirmed. He's like, listen, exploring planets is going to be like a journey, even if you have a high speed vehicle to traverse said planet. Uh, he, he goes on to explain, he says, it's a crude analogy, but the size of one planet in Star Wars Outlaws, that's me adding that, the size of one planet might be about equivalent to two of the zones in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, for example. If you play that game, those zones are pretty fucking big. Um, so that, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, he goes on to say it could be two to three zones, but it's not, you know, this sort of epic, the whole of England recreated approach. So, Nick, I think what he's saying is that it, when when you go to planets and you land, even if you're on your swoop, it may take you a, a, a day's worth of gaming to fully unlock everything mm-hmm. that planet may have to offer that that's not even a an actual core mission. It could just be you know, uh, side type of shit, side quests. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fantastic because one, that's kind of unlike any other star Wars. I mean, like, I feel like the, like the theme of outlaws is it's unlike any other star Wars game we've seen before. And like, I think like one, it's a good thing. I love that they're, they're encouraging exploration through size because I think that like when like, like with, the Jedi, uh, you know, survivors series or whatever, the Jedi series that's out now, like exploration is encouraged through like kind of forcing you to explore. Yeah, and by, do like, a bunch of dumb fucking platforming. Might I add that yeah, please? Like Thank it, you. It, it, it's, it's more forced exploration through like, you have to go this way because the mission is taking you this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like what was cool about Assassin's Creed was the encouragement of, exploration was due to just like even in the early games 
was due to just the open environment around you and the things that you could find when you explored. So exploration oh, yeah. was encouraged through bad, like, bad for gaming ADD. These types of games are, but good. Yeah. Cause I like that type of shit where you just plot me in a map. That's why I'm loving Diablo four still. It's just like, okay, I'll log in. I'll get something done. Like it's going to be beneficial to my character. Even if I'm, I've been done with the game for the past, you know, three weeks. Uh, so I, I, I kind of like that. So like, Hey, here you go. There's the main shit if you want to fuck with it, but here's 800 other icons that your ADD ass needs to go and look at just to make sure that it's not something you're going to miss. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't play AC Odyssey. Like, I, I dropped the AC series. It's big. I mean, I, I think this last one I played, and it is, from what I remember, it's it's so massive. I was 80 hours in, and I think I barely scratched the main mission. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, I I touched Valhalla, like, for a bit, but I, I, I literally probably only played two hours of that game, but like, yeah, I washed out. I, what, what I enjoyed about it was that feeling of like, Oh, I'm like, what really pulled me in was like, especially once you got to Ezio, it was like, Oh, I'm in Italy. Like I'm, I'm not like, Oh, like here's, here's your route that you go. And then the mission's over. Like I'm, I'm in Italy. And like, when I go to Rome, I'm in Rome. I can go to the Colosseum. I can go see all this shit that I want to see. And that's what made it really interesting to me. Whereas like with, with Jedi Survivor or like with Jedi Fallen Order, it really felt like you're on this planet and we're taking you through this planet and that's all you get to see of it. And like, that's, that is like, while, while it's cool because it's like you get, you get to see all of what they developed because they take you through it it doesn't feel as rewarding as you saying like the mission's here, but I'm going to go over here because they're like you said, Matt, there's this little red dot on the map. Yes. I got to find what out what that red dot is, dude. I just, I mean, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, Diablo for the markers are somewhat informative, but same way. It's like, Oh shit, I was going here, but now I see a blue exclamation point. So I'm going to go ahead and turn hard, right. And go see what this asshole needs. And maybe I'll help him first. So um, I, I'm all about this. And, and really, I think when you have, for lack of a better word, maps set up this way, it really encourages the RP of an RPG because yeah. that, that's where you can be like, you know what? This, this is my game. I don't give a fuck what the, the narrator is telling me to do. I'm going to go check out this skull thing or I'm going to go fuck with these these bounty hunters over here because. Who knows? Maybe it'll increase my reputation. That kind of leads me into my into some other points here, Nick, is that there, there is going to be a reputation system naturally, and it will most definitely affect how NPCs uh, interact with you on planets, what type of missions you'll be able to do, uh, who may be sending bounties after you. So that's cool. But real quick before we move on, the these locations, this isn't No Man's Sky. So if you go to a new planet, they are all handcrafted, meaning you had some asshole constructing every every polygon and, and, and bit of color and texture and form and shape to to make that planet and its zones come to life. So that kicks ass. But like I said, onto reputation here. Um, we just have some bullet points I'll kind of rip off and then we'll move it in the fan segment. But the game is is gonna focus on, like we said, the full freedom of approach when it comes to encounters. So you it's not like hey you got to do this stealth or you got to you got to shoot this guy, this guy, this guy. It's uh, your choice, you know what I mean? Your choice. Uh exclusive quests, vendor prices, 
locked off areas can be accessed by the reputation system. So depending on what factions you're good or bad with, Nick, will will yield special missions, certain items you can buy, certain vendors you can go to. That's pretty dope. Uh, players are not going to have total free reign in terms of travel, meaning you can't just fr- uh, freely fly above a planet, um, but there will be set landing and takeoff areas. So you can't just like buzz okay. through a planet on so, your ship and fuck with people. I, so this all like these last two, the exclusive cl- uh, quest vendor price locked off areas through rep system. And then uh, the travel system being like set takeoff and landing areas. Those are straight from Star Wars, the old Republic MMO. All right. There you I go. don't, I mean like, I don't know if the build is like, I don't know if how they built it is, but it's the exact same thing in the MMO because you have you have rep with all these different factions on these different planets. When you unlock certain rep levels, you unlock vendors, you unlock quests for them, you unlock like you unlock all this stuff like they just said. And then also in Star Wars The Old Republic, when you go like when you look at your galactic map and you choose a planet to land on, there are like you can land on Oricon here or you can land on Oricon here. It's not just like you're flying and then you fucking dip down wherever you want to. Like there are specific landing zones like yeah. that as well. So it's very interesting that like, I don't know if it was intentional or if they just like, this is just how they wanted to build it. But that is exactly the same as the MMO. I like this, Nick. You'll like this. Drew Originals popped in. I bought the PS5 last year and played Ghost of Tsushima out of the gate and was blown away. I had to let them know, like, yeah, we, we're huge fans here. I actually have my Lord Jin Sakai figure sitting right next to me. So love that game. Love the franchise. I, I do hope there is a, a sequel of some sort. I haven't even played like the, the DLC. Who knows? I'm, I'm yeah. fully into my Druid right now on Diablo 4. I, I mean, Sony's it. really good about like actually doing follow ups to those really popular games. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I expect some more Sakai action. All right, uh, continuing on with some of the bullets for Outlaws, and then we'll move on. Nick's like your little alien companion. Julian's like, hey, just just think, uh, you know, Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite or BD-1 from, you, you know, Jedi Survivor. So that's cool. You're going to kind of have this interacting companion that can do some shit for you. Each planet designed to be big enough that traversing will feel like a journey, even if you're on a fast-moving vehicle, so they're, they're not going to be tiny. Like I said earlier, expect to spend some legit time on these planets if you want to fully unlock them. Vass's ship, Trailblazer, was inspired by toys of the 70s and was made to be very, very simple. Game of set, we know that, in between Empire and Jedi. And the ND5 droid, that's the, the, the murder droid, definitely was kind of lifted from the prequel. So the, the, the big hits coming out of here, Nick, the rep system will affect kind of what you can do in terms of, of side quests and who may be fucking with you from the various criminal factions out there. Handcrafted locations that should be in similar size to AC Odyssey's zones, two to three. So good stuff there. I like that update. And the best part is this game is, is set for a 2024 release. Uh, I think in the spring. So unless we get the inevitable, hey, just kidding, we're going to delay it another month or two to polish it. Uh, we we should be playing this game by this time next year. Hey man, that's I mean, if all if they deliver on all of this, because as if you're a gamer, if you've if you've been in the video game 
world for a while and like especially during the first iteration of like online dlc type game releases you know that like i mean just look at fucking like for example look at cyberpunk 2077 announcement all the stuff that they said was going to be in that game and then what released like if they can deliver on all of these things that they've put out here this game is exactly what we've been looking for you know like it, it it gives you the 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 freedom of exploration that is that has really never been there in a Star Wars game. No. You could argue, like you could argue to some degree that he, like Kotor had like yeah some yeah. But well, Nick, we're freedom. talking twenty two thousand three level yeah, of exploration, tw- not not yeah. modern gaming where you, you know even even Ghost as an example. I mean that had a somewhat constrained map, but all three parts of that island were still pretty massive. So. Yeah, yeah, you, you're so, right. I mean, this is this is going to be a a whole new gaming experience for Star Wars fans, and and hopefully those of you that are upset that it's a female lead, hopefully you can get over that and and just dive in because it it should be it should be banging here. Here, Nick, yeah, you no, like I this mean, one from from Spencer? Spencer, <laughs> just starting the show, Matt. You have every right to be emotional and upset. I'm telling you, you got You're going to be like, Christ, I'm glad I missed this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. Look, it was definitely like usually I I don't have meetings towards the end of the day, but I had a meeting from yeah. It's like oh, Nick canceled ran. me too. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> I had a meeting that ran from three thirty to around four forty five, four fifty when I jumped in. So like it definitely was bad timing. But um, yeah, no, I mean I I also heard that it was a uh, it was a very hey, emotional. All, all I can say if, if if you like. Watching a grown man get all soppy and mushy, you definitely want to watch the opening of the show. Uh, on the audio I, version, it's going to be rough because there's there's a good amount of dead air in between my just blubbering. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't like I said. I mean, at some point, I did need Fred to come in with the, like the <gasps> type of shit. But no, it's, you know, I was taking pauses to try to man choke it back, but I, I couldn't. I it mean, took me like two or three minutes to recover until Sir Dork teed me up with a question for Mission Impossible. He's like, "Give this asshole something else to talk about," or yeah. he's just going to be a blubbering mess for two and a half hours and hey look i mean i just looked at the ig account now we're almost up to 200 followers so just in like the span of time when i joined the show we've already had like 50 more people uh it's fine listen man like i've said i try to be as authentic as possible on this show and i don't think you get that on many star wars fan podcasts and never will i ever 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 compare us to the great man himself howard stern but that is my philosophy when I'm talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you real. You know what I mean? Like, and, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. Sometimes it loses us fans. Sometimes it gains us fan. But today was a a perfect example of you get Matt, in uh, a version of Matt that even his family doesn't get too often. So you all should feel pretty fucking special. You getting the real deal here? Sometimes a little loopy. Like I said, I probably need to get checked for manic depression or bipolar. Um, hey, but we made it. We, we, we got out and we'll, we'll see what Nick thinks of the blubbering idiot later on. Hey, anyone else think I'm, I'm in the golf these days? Look, all my ads are fucking golf on the website right now. All right. So this is usually when we do our fan segment. We are still going to do the fan segment this week, but bad news here. Wah, wah. We, we, we can't do the top five. I mean, our account was de- deleted. So all of Nick's picks are gone and we're not going to try to rehash who he had down. He didn't take notes. It's all good. Yeah, so like usually when I do, so like behind the scenes, when I do the top five, I pull my five, 
I pull the images off to like make the post on our Instagram and then I delete them because I don't want to keep like other people's artwork on my computer that I don't own. Like, obviously I'm only using it for a short period of time. So for those of you out there who are community guideline it, violation, Nick, delete those goddamn images. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately I, I can tell it. Like I can remember some of them. That's all right. I can't, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I can't we'll tell you it that it was week. that TX Carlo was one of the top five. Sir Dork and his new duck pick was one of the top Damn, five. And that is a fucking that gem. That was a really good one. Um, I think from the outer rim was in the top five. Okay, all right, all right. The last two are gonna. Hey, there you go. We got th- you got three of the names out there. But hey, here's the deal, yeah. real quick before we do question of the week, and then we'll put this episode to bed. Uh, the new account is up for now. Uh, I, I don't know. It's already been suspended once. It's <laughs> putting it up because uh, all you bastards are following us, and I'm trying to return the favor. But uh, I think IG considers too many qu- clicks of the follow to be bot behavior. Uh, so I got suspended and then we got back in. So uh, don't take it personally. If we haven't refollowed you back, I'm, I'm slowly going to start adding the accounts that, that are familiar to us. But just uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure we're on a short leash at this point in time with with Meta and IG. But here's the deal. Star Wars time. is the new handle on Instagram. Go give it a follow if you haven't done so. We are still going to support and monitor the Star Wars Time Show hashtag on Instagram. So please uh, consider keep using that in your shots. And we still want you to, to tag us in your posts. There is at still going to be... Star Wars Time. Yeah, at show. Star Wars Time dot show. So uh, what it, what, what it, what, how it's going to go, obviously you guys keep doing your thing, making that kick-ass shit. I will be still looking at it. Instead of featuring to our profile, they're just going to go to stories. I know it's bullshit, but like I said, as Drew Original is now saying, how are you supposed to correct an issue if IG doesn't tell you what was wrong? That's where we're at. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, we got suspended. I appealed. Within five minutes, they pretty much said, you're done. Like, no more appeals. Your account is permanently disabled. So that's why we're changing things. I, I can only think we got in trouble for featuring content. Uh, someone reported us or I, I don't know. I really don't know because there, there's so many accounts out there that especially Star Wars accounts that literally just lift content from TikTok, Facebook, everywhere and post it as their own. No bullshit. And they have 100,000 followers and their accounts active. So that's that's the change. Keep it up. So Star Wars Time Show, the hashtag, and then tag at Star Wars Time dot show. And yes, I'm going to say that every fucking time because I have a tick um, and, and we'll be back. Uh, just look for the top five next week. Unfortunately, I don't know how we're going to share the graphic on IG without potentially offending the A.I., so it may go back to just the generic top five or, you know, maybe I'll start making my 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 graphic. So it's repurposed material. So it falls under fair use. It's just I mean, see where we're at now. So who the fuck knows? Keep it up. But there will be a top five next Monday night on StarWarsTime.net at minimum. And we will honor them next Tuesday on this show. OK, So that's not, the fan segment's not going away. The top five on the show is not going away. But in terms of daily features in our profile, that's going to stop. They're going to go to stories, which I know is bullshit. Everyone else does that. It's not that special. But we still want to kind of 
highlight accounts because I like it. Um, so keep it up. We're, we'll, we'll be here for you. We, we still support all you motherfuckers. Uh, we're just going to need you to kind of support us uh, a bit at this point in time. All right, but we do have a question of the week, and then, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of shut this down. The question of the week was, hey, what are you most excited for in the Soka series? I believe I've used that before, but repurpose it because we just got that trailer, so y- you might have some new thoughts. So let's go ahead and get things uh, switched up. I'm going to drop the browser. Of course, Slack isn't going to come up with the button, so... All right, there it is. Like I said, I forgot to post the uh, the question itself, but here are the responses, and they were coming through on Haywood Pop today. Um, I'll probably, I might still kind of do some cross posting on Haywood Pop because I at least still have, you know, so the, like f- rebuild some of our. Phones. Yeah, I, I have like five thousand seven hundred over there, even though that's been chipped. At one point, I think I had sixty five hundred. So I at least have some voice over there. So there will be some cross promotion between the two. And then once we're back here and have a decent following, it'll just be Star Wars time dot show. But here we go. Up first in the stories, our boy Bill Bat 2797. What is he most excited for in, in the Ahsoka series? Murder droid. I agree. Chopper. Wah, wah, wah. Up next, Nate, a.k.a. Coronafor. See all the supporting cast. Thrawn, Sabine, Hera, maybe even Ezra. Well, you're definitely going to see him, Nate, at least in hologram form, correct? So, yes. Ripic Tan, our boy, found us over there. There's so much I'm stoked for, but I think mostly just to see where Ahsoka's story is going. Plus, where all our rebels are at. I like it. Yeah. And Good there stuff. you go, Nick. I just got lazy here and just kind of faced <laughs> it because we were, we were getting some replies. So I'll, I'll let you rip through those. Hey, I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, the fans came out on pop and showed support. Uh, so pop toys, pop toy photos says seeing rebels, seeing the rebels characters back again, as long as they don't overshadow Ahsoka like Mando did the book of Boba Fett. Fair point. Uh, Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. Action figure Snap says super excited for Sabine. Hey, our Skeleton. boy. Our boy said he may he may uh, send us a a uh, a gift to hey. make our make our loss not feel as heavy. Thank you, Adrian. You yeah. all don't feel like you have to do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. The rest of you of start start sending. It. I'll take them at least. If you don't want to send them to Texas because it's too hot, let me know. I'll give you my post office box. You can send all the yeah. shit here. We we very much remember. Appreciate I'm Tinkerbell. It. Tinkerbell. Thank you so much. I will have to send you my updated ad. <laughs> um, uh, skeleton astronaut says Thrawn and cool robots and troopers. I'm sure that there Damn. will be all of those in there. Uh, Toy at heart says I'm excited for more Wars of the Stars. So he is Look, unlike man. Bob Iger, who does not yeah. want any more Wars of the Stars. Bob Iger is definitely not excited for more of that. Uh, one six shooter. He's out here supporting and a member of scoundrels of the new Republic. Stay tuned for the drop of episode three sometime soon. Um, he says, seeing the rebels crew back together and on the ghost and hopefully more Zeb. I got to imagine Zeb's yeah, going to be in you there. You think so. That. They, they teed him up. So you, you yeah. got to pay off on that. Uh, visual approach photo says, love you guys with love little you heart. Too, buddy. We love you too. Thank you so much. Uh, he says, I'm excited to see the rebels in live action. Filoni is at his best when he gets weird with the force and its complexities. It's a good point. Hoping for that as well. 
I, yeah, I mean, I, you gotta I, think about like the WBW and all that goofy shit. The Night Sisters. Well, I guess George would have been involved with that. But yeah, I mean, Dave definitely brings some interesting spins on on the uh, Metaclorians. Oh yeah, he does. And and look, that's the world between world is literally just the force and its complexity. So I imagine yeah. we're gonna get a lot of that. So you'll be in you'll be in a a ton of force complexities uh, visual yep. gross. Make sure to uh, contribute to our GoFundMe. Thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, Klondike Studio says Thrawn. Of course, we all want to see Thrawn. Good stuff. Uh, next up, Red Dog Five. He says, "Looking forward to Dave's vision converting to live action and a proper story to get invested in. Plus, seeing Rebels characters coming to life is a real treat for me. I am agree. It is." Real treat. Uh, work more or less says seeing the rebels characters in live action in general is. And what I saw I, mean. I saw Young up in here today. Thank you, Jason. You always make yes, us Jason. feel special. Jason said that he enjoyed the. Uh, I know. Talk, I was like, so I, I, I couldn't like, tell. I mean, B Mad and, and 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 Jason seemed to be into it, but you never know. I liked it. I yeah. mean, you, you can tell. You know, Nick definitely has some some insights into it from his career, so it was good. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I just had to launch into that diatribe. Sorry if you guys didn't enjoy that for some of the other listeners, but that was that's kind of my wheelhouse. Um, all right, next up, Lord of don't Thames. Dude, all they're going to remember is that I'm a communist, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's going to be the new... Yeah, I told you he's a commie bastard. See, saying all the laborers should rise up, that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Lord of Thanes is hard to tell, but probably Sabine. I mean, all right, Sabine's all definitely right. going to be a highlight. You're right about that for sure. Uh, Robot Knight Prime says... Not really excited about right. this series. To each and I own. can understand, like, if you were never, like, if you didn't get into Rebels or you never really got into the cartoon series, I can definitely see totally. that. And that's kind of what I was talking about before is like, yeah, uh, you know, this is a bit of a niche for those of us who are big fans of the cartoon series. This is uh, definitely up our alley. Um, and then last up is Galagus Rax Hicks. He says Thrawn is. The obvious one, but in general, having alien characters being front and center of a Star Wars show was long overdue. I also want to be surprised story-wise. Me too. Merrick uh, equals yeah. who? Question mark. Sidious, who is- Sidious's clone, Ray's dad. Could be, could be any of those things. Could be... There's a lot of uh, You're a potential surprise out there for, this, for the stories. Uh, maybe this is where they cross over Marvel and Star Wars, and Thanos <laughs> is the big bad guy in this galaxy too. No, it, it, it's no, it's it's Snake Eyes. It's they're gonna cross over yeah, GI Joe too. GI <laughs> Joe come in now. That's it. So oh, fuck. Uh, it, it's it's odd to end the show here, but, but that's it for this week, guys. There's 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 no top five, like I said. Oh. At least three of them from the outer room: TX Carlo and Sir Dork. For the other two, I'm, I'm so yeah. Sorry may, hey, maybe maybe you can find think. Nick's post on the on the internet way back machines. <laughs> Even yeah, got cached, like, but but yeah. at Star Wars Time Show, the OG is fucking toast. So if you're new, if you just joined in, that that's why no top five this week. But uh, throughout this cast. I start off weeping about losing the account. Then we go into uh, other explanations and, 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 you know, by the end we're here, we're smiling, we're having a good time. So if you missed, if you missed any part of the show, make sure to rewind. It's definitely an emotional roller coaster, at least from this host today. Um, 
But yeah, Nick, it's time to go to bed, right? It's time to put this one down. So It is time to put this show to bed. We're All two right. followers shy of 200 on the new Star Wars Time show Instagram. So if you're out there and you're listening and you haven't refollowed us, we would truly appreciate that. Help us pump our numbers back yeah, up. Yeah, just, just that's um, it. stay on top of it because, you know, unlike... Someone like like Jared that that had his old portfolio to kind of reload his account when he came back. We we really don't. Um, I mean, I, I delete most of the videos I make. It's not worth keeping. They're all out there on digital platforms. Uh, so just just keep it. You know, if you if you see our content popping up over the next month or two, try to say, hey, let me let me try to boost this. Let me try to pump it up. Yeah, we, we are going to need that help. Uh, yeah, because we're not we're not doing the features, which, hey, listen, we all knew that that was one of the reasons we were able to kind of build an audience fast. I'm not we know you're not stupid. I'm not here trying to be an asshole and lie to you. Uh, so it's going to take a long time to kind of get back to where we were. But hopefully I'll just make more of our own content now. Maybe that will go somewhere. But please keep your eyes on Star Wars time. show. And just share that shit out. Remind people what happened, and and you know, let's bring the fandos in, uh, the core fandos. Like I said, you're you're one of the reasons I kind of had my moment uh, when we kicked off this show. I just say, uh, I knew turning to all you early in the day was the right move uh, to kind of commiserate and and just the the support you showed to me personally on Haywood Pop, and then. Uh, to the both of us on this cast, as well as uh, Star Wars Time. Dacho, I told you it's a fucking tick. It's never gonna stop people. That's that's how it is now. Um, but honestly, that that's why I do this shit. Okay, so I appreciate you. Fuck you guys for making me cry on camera and mic in a public space. But it's life, my friends. It feels good to kind of do that every once in a while if you've got a penis. I promise you, you will not grow a vagina if you cry. It's okay. It's okay. But, hey, let's get off that somber note. End on a high. Don't forget, there's always time for Star Wars time, even if Instagram and Meta don't think so. Fuck you, Zuckerberg. I was going to root for you in your battle against that other asswipe, but now I hope both of you kill yourselves in the octagon. Uh, but you have not taken us out. We have risen from the ashes. Star Wars Time dot show on StarWarsTime.net. Don't forget, tell a friend, loop them in. This is the best time to bring them now. We, we're, our slate is clean. Show them the new profile. It's only our content. And just remind them, there is always time for this little show. So tune in, have some fun, spread the word. Ratings and reviews. Likes and comments, notifications and subs, do the routine. Here's one more subscribe reminder for your YouTube uh, people. There it is. Like, share, sub. All right. Don't forget, my friends, if you listen to the Star Wars time dot show, the force will be with you.